This second episode of Watch Out for Fireballs on Final Fantasy IV is, of course, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Join us to help us make Heartbeat City happen. Uh, we are near our stretch goal for that show, and we also uh, just recently released a pilot. Uh, a couple other quick programming notes. One, uh, if you're wondering, why isn't my favorite piece of music in this episode? Well, the After Years reuses all of the Final Fantasy IV soundtrack. So leaving some stuff for Cole, I feel like five to six songs an episode is probably good. Uh, a lot of the character themes are going to be in the After Years episodes. Second, uh, you may be saying, why isn't there a sketch at the beginning of this episode? Well, uh, delighting some and disappointing others, uh, with WAF 2.0, we are moving to a one sketch per kind of theme, unless anything strikes us. Uh, I did not have four jokes I wanted to make about Final Fantasy IV, I probably don't have four Batman jokes in me, uh, and, and I don't think Cole does either. So unless uh, inspiration strikes, it's going to be one at the beginning of the month, and then after that, we're going to get right to it. Uh, some people, again, are going to be really happy with that. Some people are going to be unhappy, but uh, you know, sometimes there's going to be more, sometimes there won't. And it's just kind of the reality of the uh, increased schedule. So thanks uh, for listening to this preamble. Uh, please support us at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv, and on with the episode. <laughs> My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. Yep. And this week we are continuing our uh, kind of long-form discussion of Final Fantasy IV and the Final Final Fantasy IV saga uh, by continuing and concluding uh, our discussion of the main game of Final Fantasy IV. Uh, Gary, I said that title so many times it lost all meaning. Final Fantasy IV Part Two: Cecil Returns. (laughs) Birth by sleep. Um, <laughs> sleep's gonna get ya. At the, um, at the very least, if you can't think of a funny way to end it, just go with the regular one and play it as a joke. Yeah, that's that's all. That's all I got. It's just weird pronunciations. Uh, you know, birth. Uh, here's Cecil. <laughs> here's birth by sleep. You're gonna get born, but you're gonna go to sleep. Mm. Um, eventually. Yeah. Eventually, that that's true. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but let's uh, let's continue talking about a game far greater than our kingdom's hearts. <laughs> um, yeah, Final Fantasy IV. So uh, all the generalities, you know, that's about ninety minutes of the last episode, right? So uh, so go back to that, and and at some point we'll stop disclaiming this and just assume people are listening to serials. You know, no one goes to see the two towers. Yeah, you know, without without seeing Lord of the Rings. But uh, just so you know, we covered all the basic stuff, and we're just going to hit the ground running with plot stuff. Uh, for the rest of this episode. Yeah. 
So last time where we left off, we got a little ways into things. Uh, Cecil and his rotating cast of unfortunate friends uh, were railing against the state of Baron for going around and taking all the crystals, leaving Cecil uh, washed up on the shore of Mysidia where he had done an atrocity. Oops. But with the help from a a mysterious voice on a mountaintop, Cecil is cast out as darkness and become a paladin a holy night, and now he must walk the devil's road uh, to get to Baron and settle the score once and for all. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it in the after years about this devil's road thing, but <laughs> it doesn't make any sense that's called devil's road here. No. It's just a teleporter. And do we know why they have a teleporter um, uh, between these two kingdoms? I, I don't think they've done any ecology or world building around it. What I assume is they they wanted quick communication and transport between those two continents. Yeah. That yeah. didn't that didn't rely on um, any of these other things. The problem is the Devil's Road was built by a Lunarian. A Lunarian we're going to find out about who is kind of the, the source of anything mystical on the blue planet. Uh, and mm-hmm. no and no reason is given for that either. It's just weird because they're both they're both uh, coastal cities, right? So you could just get there the same way you have to get to any of these kingdoms. Yeah, uh, lashing yeah. a couple of logs together and praying is probably a little bit easier than making uh, than making a tunnel full of boom, boom. Yeah, yeah, having boom. having your uh, you know your 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 body discorporated because when you teleport through the Devil's Road, it's not you at the end. <laughs> right. Like we all know, Ship of Theseus. Like we've all played Soma. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Cecil Cecil is dead many times over oh, <laughs> from yeah. going through this. The Cecil we know, his consciousness is. Disappeared, and he's made an exact copy of his molecules on the other side. Yeah, only only, only oh. Tella is, uh, is dead. Cecil is swooned. Yeah, he's been he's been swooned through irony and uh, <laughs> through the singularity. Um, this I I've always thought this felt like even when I was young I felt like this was convenient. Mm-hmm. You know, the, like this Devil's Road thing. I was just like, okay, that's the place we have to go back to, and they don't want to put us on another ship. So like, right. I guess we're doing the Devil's Road. Yeah. Um, yeah. The um. So you actually you you get back there, and everything is pretty changed. Um, everyone's bummed out because uh, the the kingdom is shitty now. Like yeah. we are now part of an evil empire, and it happened so quickly that we didn't even know. Yeah, we didn't uh, even have a chance to go along with it to accept this. Yeah, most of us didn't even vote for it. Right. And uh, <laughs> so, so you, you know, you can check in on on all these people, and and you check out on your your friends. Like Rosa's mom is very worried. Sid's daughter hasn't seen her dad in forever. Like it's pretty dark. Yes. Yeah, um, and especially dark is the fact that the guards are just kind of running riot around the town, and everybody's talking about just the scenes that they keep on making up in the pub on top of the inn. Um, yes. we, we head over there, uh, knowing that there's really no way to get into to get into the castle itself. If you go and try, the guards don't even talk to you. It's just dot 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 dot. Yeah. Um, yep. But up in the inn, you find uh, a familiar face, our old friend Yang, uh, just kind of uh, bending some elbows, tilting some glass. Yeah. And uh, it turns out that, you know, he uh, he calls you traitors mm-hmm. and attacks. And it turns out he has been uh, mind controlled, kind of mind zapped. Um, so you get into a fight. And it's one of those uh, classic video game things where he's much stronger as an enemy than he is in your party. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Um it's kind of like a mini boss fight. It's not that bad, but eventually he joins you. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he has the key to get into the back way into Baron. Yes. Uh, he just has it on his person. He doesn't, he doesn't remember it, but there, there is one locked door uh, in the entire yes. city. One that we noticed before that leads to a dungeon called the Ancient Waterway, which is just part two of the, uh, of the other waterway we've been going through. Yeah. It's, it's a very, it's a very bland dungeon. Yes. 
Um, I, it's, I think it's just there because they wanted to have a dungeon right uh, there before you get to the castle. I wish I wish this dungeon wasn't here. Yeah, it is a because I just got back from owner deals. Like I feel like this is a piecing. This is not great for piecing. Right. Um, uh, you know, we're, we're headed we're headed to the showdown. Like I would prefer to fight my way through Baring Castle. Although, oh, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll do another set piece like yeah. like football. You know. Yeah. Um. But you know what we find in Baring Castle is also pretty cool. Um, it is super cool once you get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the ancient waterway, like, just, hey, more more water-type enemies. You have Borum and Balam with you, so they're easy to take down. It's not that <laughs> big of a deal. Yeah. Um, you eventually get inside, um, kind of through the outside, which I like. Yeah. Um, that little, you know, a little bit. Yeah, you just and, come up uh, in the it, moat. <laughs> yeah, come up in the moat, which I, I appreciate. And then in going into this, uh, this, the prison cells, which we visited before when we wanted to taunt mm-hmm. the, the Mysidian war criminals. <laughs> or war prisoners. And, uh, the, uh, the, the ooh, what did castle you do is abandoned. <laughs> yeah, ooh. Well, it depends on your perspective. Oh, One man's course. freedom fighters. And, um, so you kind of walk around and it is like nobody's really around. Right. It's like, com- it's completely abandoned. Uh, yeah, the fact that those pre- cells are empty is very foreboding. Yeah. Like those people are in the moat at right. the bottom. Like yeah. you, you should find potions in the moat on corpses. Right. Um, yeah. it is, uh, it is in general, like this whole sequence is pretty cool because you spend quite a bit of time, uh, in Baron, mm-hmm. you know, and, and musically and, and everything was kind of presented as, as this, uh, this, this refuge. It's pretty neat to see this kind of subverted. Yes. Here. Yeah. Um, another subversion here. I love, I love what they do with this. I uh, like this too. In the entryway, you meet the captain of the guard, the one who gave you so much shit before, uh, Bigan or Bagan. Um, yeah. he's like, Hey, you know, the king is just doing something terrible. Like we, we need to stop him and I'm going to help you. Um, and he joins your party. In spite of the fact that you already have five people, how, how how does that work? Well, they play the sting as well. Yep. They play the little musical sting, which is really great, and <laughs> yeah. gives you the the interface, you know, the interface uh, cues. Yeah, guard, guard captain Bagan is joining the party. Yeah. Um, and you you know go it doesn't last very long. You only go a couple of steps, and rather than let uh, Bagans be bygones, uh, Palin and Porum say that they uh, they you know they're they're genre aware, right? Like you know I, I smell a monster. Um, and then you end up fighting this little mini boss, uh, here, Bacon. Yeah. Uh, this is a cool fight. Like he's turned into this, uh, snake armed lizard monster. <laughs> yeah. His arms turn into snakes. He's a He-Man. Yeah. He looks like, like, like a specific He-Man. Yeah. Like he, you know, he's turning <laughs> into a He-Man. Yeah. Snake arm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, so the, this is, uh, fairly similar to like a lot of fights with little ads, mm-hmm. um, where they kind of. The ads will inconvenience things, you know, inconvenience you, but if you get rid of them, the main boss can regenerate them. Yes. That happens pretty frequently. And that's, that's what happens here as well. Yeah. They mostly cast different spells. There's a fight later on where like which one you take out has a much more bearing on this, but you just have to learn. I only take out one to half the inconvenience and then just focus on the body. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, and it's a good fight. Like it's, it's, it's great that you have, uh, Palom and Porum here because they've got that, uh, that twin cast, uh, that'll help <laughs> out pretty well. Yeah. yeah it, it's good. It takes a really, really long time Yes, to cast that, which is the, the biggest bummer, but it is a, it is a good spell. I mostly kept, uh, Porum on healing duty yeah. and concentrated on, uh, Yang and Cecil physical attacks. Yeah. Oh. And then Yang continues to be a fucking just pause. He's a real beast. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so with Bagan down, um, or <laughs> this, this is very turned unclear. Into strips. Yeah, there we go. It's very unclear. Was he turned into the monster or replaced with one or was he brought in and he was always a monster? 
so I don't think they I don't think they turn people into monsters. Okay. In this game, even though that's what happened to the the Eblon, uh King and Queen. Yeah. So I think yeah, it could be either or because some people are definitely replaced. I All think right. that's the implication with the king. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are just transformed into monsters. Yeah, it's 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 pretty sloppy. Yeah, it's it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, it, it it's um you know I assume that like you know my headcanon is um, Doctor Lugia, or whatever has done <laughs> yeah. the genetic engineering involved, but he the legendary Doctor Lugia. Yeah, who appears for one scene and then just like from a different game, you know, and, and like specifically he appears from Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, exactly. Like it is a very like you know he he's a weird. He doesn't belong in this genre, and some of this transformation stuff doesn't as well, but right. you just kind of go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to the throne room, and Cecil confronts the king, uh, who is still in, in the, the guise of the king. Mm-hmm. And he says, yeah, no, I, you know, I, I've, I've had people killed and replaced mm-hmm. with monsters. I've, I've replaced them. Check me out. I'm Cagnazzo, <laughs> the, uh, the water fiend. Oh, man. Uh, uh, and I will send you to Shell when he turns into the turtle yeah. uh, and, yeah. and fights fights you. Um, and this yep. is our second of the four fiends. Um, and it introduces this rhythm. You know, uh, Scarmiglione uh, didn't really have a defensive mode, whereas Cagnazzo is kind of all about uh, going back and forth between these, you know, different modalities, one of which has him healing massive damage. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the Most of the themes have kind of a... I think it is, it is a mild overstatement to say every theme, every fiend has like a gimmick. Because a lot of them are very similar. Yeah. You know, and then part of that's just kind of the limitations of the vintage. Like, the the gimmicks tend to just be modal bosses. Right. So, so uh, Skirmiglione didn't have that, but the next three do. Right. And it's just what they do in yeah, that mode. Just slightly different flavors of they, that. Yeah. So, like, it's, 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 and, and it's a variation on the Mist Dragon. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's stuff that, you know, this, uh, the ways that they kind of complicate bosses in this game, and I'm not saying this to be a damning thing, just, it didn't get on my nerves until into the after years, but the way that they complicate bosses is pretty limited mm-hmm. and they can either do this or they can have counters. Right. And that's almost the extent of it. Like there's just a couple other wrinkles I can think of, but that's mm-hmm. most of what they can do. Right. Um, you know, so this is, this is another, the four themes all act like this. Like they all have, they pull up an elemental shield. You can do an action uh, to get rid of it. Um, and the shield kind of does different things. And this one heals. Right. Um, he um, also has a kind of a high damage uh, attacks everyone uh, tidal wave attack. Yeah, calls in a deluge. Yeah, yeah, which can yeah. be a real bummer. Yeah, but you can stop him from doing that by having somebody fire off a uh, fire off a lightning bolt. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, so you zap him. You know, you zap him. You zap him. Keep it up. He's not too difficult. Right. I uh, just kind of keep up the pressure, and eventually he dies. Right. Yeah, and then you know Sid rushes in, saying like, oh, "I'm going to get you, King. I figured it out. I put all the pieces together. You're tur- uh, oh, yes, mm-hmm. okay." <laughs> um, yeah, so Sid's a little bit too late, um, and you're you're about to actually just kind of take off, you know, uh, like, "Hey, we can we can go get these crystals back." Right. Um, but as you do, he has one final kind of like trap from beyond the grave, mm-hmm. um, and causes this uh, uh, these walls to collapse on your way out. Yeah. You know, both of the doors out of this uh, kind of foyer are locked, and it looks like all hope is lost until we have our, uh, I don't know, 10th heroic sacrifice? I've lost count. Yes. Where uh, Palin and Porum decide, hey, <laughs> like, this is, this is, this is the way that we can, uh, the, that we can help out. They post themselves up and they cast Petrify on themselves, turning them into statues. There are these bulwarks, um, against the encroaching walls. 
um, and taking themselves out of the equation in the process. Uh, Tella cannot cure them because they have made themselves into stone of their own will. Yes. Yeah. I remember when I was younger thinking just one person needed to do this with their arms out. <laughs> like why they both do that. And then now that I'm older, I, I go back in time and give my young self a wedgie for being a pedantic nerd. And it, you know, like, of course, like they're, they're more or less kind of one character. Right. You know, especially in this game, like, you know, they function as, as, you know, they, they function best in relation to each other. Of course, they're both going to go. Right. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, this was a source. So back, um, in like, er, not early internet days, I'm not talking about like the, the, the ARPANET or whatever, but, um, you know, when there was this kind of vast land of mystery in the uh, in the Japanese version, where there were, where there were these items that you could use, um, there were a little bit of like, "Hey, here's how you revive Eris," kind of stuff going on. Where <laughs> because you can use items on these guys just as a way to you know, I guess, use up your golden needles. Um, the rumor that I read online was that if you went to uh, one of the dungeons and fought some basilisks, maybe just maybe they would drop the basilisk eye and that would unfreeze them. I don't know what you would do with them, but yeah, like mm-hmm. I remember going like I think to the antlion layer and killing a shitload of basilisks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing a couple of things about it, but I don't remember. Uh, any specifics yeah well i mean like i just wanted to save these kids like because yeah. you, i don't want kids to die i didn't i was a, i was a kid i don't want kids to die i had no empathy yeah. then but i was empathy for me <laughs> yeah yeah i could have been that that kid <laughs> yeah i could have been that mage no uh. So it's you know, kind of a bummer. Um, it is. Uh, it, there's not a whole lot of sacrifices in this that make me feel any real emotions. Um, even when I was like kind of a kid, just because they do happen with so fast and so furious. Yeah. Like I appreciate the melodrama of it. Yeah. You know, like it is just uh, it is a way to keep your party varied mm-hmm. um, and kind of keep the story moving. But there is there is like an element of like, okay, this again. Yeah. You know, that yeah. kind of keeps happening, especially in this middle stretch. It calms <laughs> down a bit. Yeah. But the middle of the game is really full of that stuff. Right, right. It would be great if they had a um, if they had different ways to get people to leave. But you know, again, you know, yeah, small, small, yeah. small sprites, big actions. Yeah, yeah. It is it is a melodrama a melodramatic game. Yes. Um. So, uh, on your way out, um, we get another cutscene from this point. Um, this is checking in on Kane and, and Golbez and stuff, and Kane says like, "Hey." Rather than actually go get the Earth Crystal, uh, because this one is apparently more well guarded than the other ones, mm-hmm. um, let's have Cecil do it for us. Right. Um, you know, he doesn't want this girl to get killed. That's going to do it. And and Golbuzz chuckles evilly, and that <laughs> is uh, their plan. Yes. So why not? Um, and Sid, being the master Air- Aerosmith that he is, um, has decided. Okay, well, let's go get my prize work, the Enterprise. Um, and we can, you know, go and get the crystal for ourselves as well. So there's this, you know, they're, 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 they're lining up. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they, uh, they, they head out and they get actually get a, another kind of cutscene here as Kane arrives with his, uh, armada and says like, Hey, go get us that earth, that crystal or 
you know, Rosa, we're going to kill Rosa. And Cecil tries to break through to him, but cannot. Yeah, it used to be cool, man. Yeah, you used to not literally be, you know, a villain. <laughs> right. Uh, the villain of this story. Yeah. Um, but instead, we have to head to this massive and verdant kingdom to the north, Troya. Yes. Um, which has a unique uh, unique music theme. And we don't actually really get a... Uh, um, in this version, we don't get a character from this. No. I was thinking about that in terms of kingdoms. Like, mm-hmm. there aren't kind of kingdoms here where we don't have a playable character mm-hmm. that is a representative until Troya. Right. Like, it makes Troya feel kind of weird and neutral. It does. To me. Yeah. Um, it's put together differently, you know, so it is run... Um, by this group of women, these epops. So it's like a, like a mageocracy. That word definitely comes in and and that was not the word in the, uh, Super Nintendo version. They're called like elders or something. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I, I, in one of the translations, it's changed epop. It's not just, uh, it's not, it's not just after years. Yeah. It was, it's not just the after years, but it's, I mean, it's in the, the PSP version as well. Yeah. But it's not called that in the Super Nintendo version. Right. Um, one hundred percent. Because I would have been like, "What the fuck's an epop?" <laughs> I would have, and I'm still like, "What the what the fuck's an epopped?" Like um, do, doing a doing a search on the OS10 dictionary, epopped just pulls up my notes from all four of these games. So, yeah, <laughs> for all four of these episodes, it's a it's a specific thing. Um, it's it's from um like it's like ancient Greece thing. It's like one initiate of the highest grade of the Elysian uh, Elysian uh, mysteries. Hmm. So it it is a specific thing that they co-opted, but it is an awkward word. Yeah. Uh, I think. And yeah. it is, uh, when I read it, um, I think maybe the first time it shows up is in the GBA version, possibly, which is the okay. last time I played this. Right. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? And I, I swear <laughs> they're elders or something like that in the, uh, right. the Super Nintendo version. It's a weird word. Um, <laughs> so this is run by Epopt. Um, and it is, uh, I always like assume that like, this is a matriarchy. Yes. Like the, this town, like women, women are in power in Troya. You know, Troya is hip and cool. Yeah. And, and it's presented uh, as this paradise. You know, they have all of this, you know, rich earth around them. And so everybody that you meet is kind of this decadent. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes down even to the music. Mm-hmm. You know, the music is very like sweeping and, and pretty and lots of harps. Um, there are flowers, uh, you know, in, in places in town and stuff. It is, it is, they do a good job of presenting a different kind of ecosystem. Yes. The, um, the town integrates with water, like people swim. Mm hmm. A lot. They're kind of like canals. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's pretty, pretty great. It's, it's nice to see something, something different, um, up to here. And so we go up there and we talk to the epops and they say, Hey, we would love to work with you, uh, to broker some kind of deal, uh, for this crystal because it's terrible what you're, what you're telling us. However, we have our own problem. Um, the crystal has been taken. unrelated. Villain. <laughs> yeah, separate incidents. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't hold out hope for the credence tapes. Um, yeah. No, um, a dark elf um, has taken the crystal and fled to the lodestone cavern to the north, and they're terrified because you know this this crystal is the source of their prosperity. It's the reason why they are surrounded by this rich, rich forest. Yes, um, this whole thing to me reads like a. a homage or call back to final fantasy one yes um with the the dark elf and the uh the elf kingdom yeah uh, which i think is called elf land yep in uh <laughs> in final fantasy one but okay. that's kind of what this seems like it is the, the nature zone and there is a dark elf and stuff but it is it is kind of weird that this guy who is unrelated to you know it, it does feel like troya is a very separate area like <laughs> right. they deal with their own villains they're not you know connected we don't get any party members from there like troya really stands out 
Yeah. Uh, it is odd that they have their own problem here, but again, it, <laughs> I think it is just to give us a, a dungeon. Yes. Um, and as you kind of explore this, uh, this, so you need to go to this lodestone cavern, as we mentioned, you can explore, uh, Troya and we actually find Edward. Yes. There. This is where he ended up. Right. And he is, you know, sick in bed, you know, he's recovering. Um, and you know, he basically begs to help, but you know, everybody says like, no, that's dumb. You were never a help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, no. It's nice to you, want things, you but need, you need to heal. You need to rest. You need to okay. not take up a slot in our party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so instead he gives us a piece of grass that's, you know, it's, che- it's Chekhov's grass. Yeah. Yeah. You, you go up to him and you go ask grass or gas and, uh, and he chooses grass. Yep. The, um, you know, it, it is, it is the smartest option out of those things, you know, uh, cause you're swimming in cash. There's no, there's no reason to be broke. Yeah. You game. have tons of cash and like, it would be real weird if in the middle of this game, like Yang went down on Edward, you know, like. <laughs> It's I mean, like, it'd be good, good for them, you know. If they if they can pull it off with the sprite work, like that's great. But it would be, it'd like, be extremely strange to the the pacing and tone. Like if if you know the ass grass or or gas equation ended with ass. Uh, it was like summoning a syrup. Oh come yeah. on, grass! Come on, ow, ass! Aww, not ass. And it's like, well. <laughs> Ding 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 ding. You know, and they would just just play the theme. And, or actually, like for for that, uh, it would it would probably be the Fabul theme. Oh, of course. I think that seems more strident and uh, and fellatiotic, I guess. Yeah, a little, uh, little, little bit more of a rhythm to it. Yeah. 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 <sighs> um. So anyway, so instead you just get some some grass, <laughs> and uh, you you can't just walk to this cave. No. Um. It's it's in the middle of the woods. So you have to kind of again in a thing that feels like it's from another game because mm-hmm. like. Never do you really need to interface with us. But you need to find out that there are black chocobo chocobos that can fly. Mm-hmm. Um, go to a a forest and catch a black chocobo. chocobo. Right. Um, um, very strange. Like it is. It is. Man. Like what is what's going on? It's, it's a sound ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, yeah. yeah. Again, it it feels like another game uh, to me. Yeah. So uh, you venture up there and you go over to Lodestone Cavern, which um, definitely has a gimmick. Uh, yeah. This, uh, you know, nothing in this game throws me off. Like I, n- nothing feels difficult anymore. Um, but uh, this really threw me when I was young. The yeah. idea that you know everything that I assumed about any given person's role in the party is going to be upended. Yeah, yeah. And this is this is neat. So you can't have anything metal. Um, and what is kind of cool is that you can, you know, you can walk in and have um. Uh, metal clothing but then your character is paralyzed right you know so uh if you want you know if you're if you're a dipshit you can <laughs> you can go in there with that but it, it is it's kind of a weird mechanical way rather than just like turning you away at the door mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um so we didn't mention this but sid has joined our party um and yes. he is uh, a very mediocre addition he he's he's got durability which is uh put, put, put some high on the list i think so slow very slow yeah, he's um, he's very very slow, and it, it makes him like as much as I like the character. He also his special ability is not any great shakes. No, it's just a free. Like he, it's a free Libra. Yeah, he can cast that kind of a shitty spell for free that costs almost no mana. Right. You know, so like it's fun. I like the idea of adventuring with Sid. I like Sid as a character. He's mechanically no great shakes. Right. Here he ends up being kind of a damage dealer because he can have a wooden hammer. Right. Um, but you're going to be relying mostly on magic here. 
And then uh, Cecil can use a bow and arrow because he can't use a sword. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, and bows and bows and arrows generally don't do really good damage, um, even though they do extra damage to flying enemies. Right. Um, which there are mm-hmm. uh, in this. Yes. So, um, and a benefit of that as well is that you can put Cecil in the back back row uh, for that. Yeah. So and have him cover and, and do yeah. things like that. Have him heal. Like by this point, he may have learned Cura. Mm-hmm. Um, it always it always takes me a couple hours to remember that there are four cure spells. Yep. <laughs> in this game, it's really unusual. But I cast Curaga, and it's like not great. Uh huh. It's like oh, like what the fuck, man? Yeah, I didn't grow uh, up with this. What is Curaja, which also yeah. never shows up again? I think. It, yeah, it is the weird uh the weird Final Fantasy IV outlier mm-hmm. thing. Um, but you, you know, you can have him kind of as a healer. What this ends up meaning, kind of practically for me, is that in this dungeon, I relied a lot on magic. And the game still does not give you like a really reliable way to replenish your magic. You right. still can't buy buy ethers. Um, so it ends up being kind of obnoxious. I end up casting Osmos a lot, and you know that becomes this trial and error system where it's like figuring out which which enemies have MP to drain. Yeah, uh, from them. So it's like it's fine. Yeah, um, it's but it's exacerbated by the fact that you are relying on Tella. Um, yeah. for both your white and black magic and dealing with his ridiculously low mana cap. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, it ends up being mildly frustrating. Yeah. Um, as a dungeon. It is cool that it has a gimmick. It's not like I want another ancient waterway by any means, but mm-hmm. it is, uh, it ends up being kind of a frustrating gimmick because it's a long dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of new enemies, uh, as well yes. to kind of deal with here. Yeah. Um, and before anybody tweets us, and if you have already tweeted us, shame on you. Uh, Kiraja appears in like a shitload of other games. <laughs> so. Yeah, it just it just doesn't appear for a while, right? <laughs> it's not that usually it's a three, you know, three tiered elemental or right. healing cycle. Yeah, generally, and the ones it appears in, other than that, are probably like weirdo MMOs and shit. Mm. Final Fantasy twelve and thirteen and um, well, MMOs, one, right? one and. <laughs> Damn, cold. Ooh, sick burn. By which I mean Faraja. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You're also dealing with, uh, with Lilith enemies that come in with a bunch of bats. And this is a problem because that animation for their drain spell, like, you know, it's not a terribly, terribly effective spell. It makes battles last forever. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't really, like, it, it is more difficult to auto this dungeon, uh-huh. you know, because you can't really attack, uh, often. Right. So it, this this ends up being a little bit like this is pretty tedious, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you eventually get to the end, uh, and and also, I, man, I don't care about this guy. Like, I actually think like this is as much. I'm glad that it has a gimmick. I don't like the lodestone cavern and where it falls in this adventure. I think right because I have no investment in this dark elf. Like he's more in a, in a game with like you know like doesn't have the most multi dimensional villains in, in general. Like a lot of the things are kind of grand pastiches and, and sketches. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's kind of being archetypical. Uh, the Dark Elf is a shade too one-dimensional and shitty for me. Yeah. You know? Um, so he's he's built his own crystal chamber uh, <laughs> in his dungeon. You go into it and you fight him, um, and uh, you can't harm him with wooden weapons. He's only weak to metal, which is why he posted up in this cavern. Right. And uh, you have you have a plot failure. Like, you, you die. Until we get this dramatic scene where Edward gets up and plays music because the magic grass he gave you... Uh, transport sound. It's a walkie-talkie, essentially. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, it, it contains the mineral walkie-talkium. Yeah, he gives you a, an Amazon Echo. Like Amazon <laughs> Echoes end up being a really big part of this game and the after years. Yeah, <laughs> it gets a really weird thing. Um, 
So after he he does this uh, and plays the music, it uh, hurts the dark elf, and now he can be hurt by, you know, regular. Or you can like reequip, mm-hmm. and uh, you can hurt him again. Yes. Um, and you pretty much trample all over him until he turns into the shadow dragon. Um, yes. And this ends up being a pretty difficult fight. He doesn't have the same um, kind of weakness to metal weapons. You don't have that advantage. Uh, and also it has this very powerful all-party attack, which, again, with Tella, you are either doing damage or trying to clean up after this. Yeah, yeah. And I, I put him pretty solidly on healing duty now that I have my physical attackers back. Right. You take him out. Um, you get out of the uh, the dungeon. Um, you when you you know you get on your chocobo, you go back. When you board your airship, um, and this is a, an interesting thing because you can't um, go and do like cleanup at this point. No, no, so, you're you're summoned right away uh, into the and, next like disc one dungeon. Yeah, and and we talked about a little bit um, how this game is very linear. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we went to Troya, we could have gone. There's a couple little places we could go to plumb for treasure mm-hmm. if we wanted to. Um, it's you know it's kind of tricky. You fight a couple like mimics. Mm-hmm. They're difficult to get some items that are maybe a cycle better, right? Than where you are now, so it's not really worth it. But if you wanted to do that, you have to do it before you go into the the cave, right? Um, because now, as soon as we board the airship, uh, Kane appears and is like, "Okay, you've got your crystal. Come with me to the Tower of Zot." <laughs> I've always been uh, confused because if you're flying around, you can see a tower, um, and yeah. that tower is definitely named. Um, it is very important. The Tower of Zod doesn't appear anywhere. Mm, yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know exactly where this is. And this is like, this is really, really sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. Like this, this takes that kind of like that gentle mixing of, of sci-fi and turns it way, way, way up. Yeah. Yeah. Like somebody was, uh, riding the fader and then kind of yeah. slipped. Like, I fell asleep on it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. um, but yeah, this is, this is a techno tower. Um, and we're dropped at the base. Um, and I think Golbaz is just kind of hoping, uh, maybe my minions will take care of him, you know, and at the very least, they'll at least soften by the time we get up. He taunts us and we have to kind of climb up here. This area is full of, uh, robotic type enemies. Um, and there are smaller mm-hmm. floors, like each, each individual screen is not, you know, vast and expansive, but there are several of them. You're going up and collecting treasure. Yeah. And this is, um, I think that where this is where some of the, the, the game gives a much needed kind of influx of new enemy sprites. Yes. Here, like, um, you know, it needed that. Like, I'm kind of sick of fighting lizards and, and turtles. Yeah. Pal- uh, which are the, you know, the primary enemy. Pallet swap um, jumps. Yeah. So, pretty neat. Some of these look really, really cool. Yeah. Um, any of the knights are, are like, <laughs> humanoid enemies. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, just, like, really, really loving these sprites. Yeah. And, like, like you're, 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 these are just great designs. You're, you're fighting, uh, you're fighting Golbez's like army of dark knights. Like, oh, Sasuke yeah. used to be one of these, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's super cool. And the idea, it's like, oh, okay, like Golbez has humans on his side too. He's not mm-hmm. just, it's not all just like weird monsters. Yeah. Um, yeah. as you climb, you are getting, uh, elemental gear as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which ends up being, um, I feel like in other Final Fantasies, they tend to be not quite as just on the progression. Right. You know, they tend to be more situational here. It's just, Oh, the fire armor. Like, this is much better than my metal <laughs> yeah. armor. And then, like, oh, the ice armor. That's way better than fire armor. Yeah. Like, they're just on the ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they're real meaningful upgrades for this point in the game. Like, you get a bunch of pretty good treasure. Yeah. In this dungeon. Yeah. And the fire sword and the, uh, the ice sword that you, that you end up getting over the course of the next couple of dungeons end up being reliable weapons for a good while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, as, as you move up, you end up getting to one of the more, like, I feel like famous boss sites, fights in the series. Oh yeah. The, uh, the Magus sisters, um, yes. 
used as a summon in Final Fantasy twelve, which is neat. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, this is this is a great gimmick that I think uses um kind of the combat dialogue in a very neat way. It's um what what I think it does that I think is is cool is this is your fighting the D and D party. Yes. Like this is this is you fighting your equivalent. Mm-hmm. Um because boss fights in this game tend to again just be they're modal. Um, they have a phase, or they just have counters to discourage you from doing certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that tends to be the complexity. But here it is, you're fighting a group of uh, enemies that have roles the same way you'd set up your party. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways, I think this is like this is probably the coolest boss fight in this game. I think so, yeah. Um, it's pretty hard to think of, like, other than, like, you know, as a kid, like, I also was, like, really blown away the the, the fact that Rubicon, like, heals you. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, mechanically, I think this is probably about as cool as it gets. Yes. Um, so you're dealing with these three sisters um, of vastly different body types. The tall one in the back is the healer uh, mm-hmm. who will revive the other sisters if she if she falls down um, or if they, you know, if they, if they fall down. The middle one, um, I forget, she is the physical attacker who um, has reflect casted on her. So she's kind of the linchpin of their delta attack that they do. Um, and the front one, the uh, the smaller sister, is the caster who, instead of casting spells at you directly, bounces them off of the middle sister. Yeah. Uh, these guys show up. Um, it's not just twelve; they show up in ten too. I think. I think or not ten too, but ten as well. Yes. Yeah, that's a yeah. So <laughs> How I didn't. Dumb I didn't is that? I, no, yeah, it's 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 a it's a dumb name because it's, it's also so different. <laughs> yeah, like that should have been called something like totally guiding. Yeah. You know, like you know, Final Fantasy Ten, totally guiding. <laughs> like, um, do they show up in 12 as well? Um, I believe so. Oh, so they are summoned in 10. Yeah, I think I think you said, you might have misspoke. I think you said 12 earlier, and I knew they were in 10, but I thought it was, like, came from, like, after I, you know, passed when, as far as I got in 12. Yes, I misspoke. Maybe. I was, oh, okay. um, I was not correct. Yeah, that. no worries. I just want to stop us from getting dumb, <laughs> dumb, you know, email corrections. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, they do show up in there, and it is, uh, uh, they're cool. Like, it's a cool design, too. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, here, you know, in 10, when they show up, they're explicitly dressed up as bugs, uh-huh. um, here, not so much, but, um, yeah, I, I like these guys a lot. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the healer not only heals, but can also revive as well, mm-hmm. which is a new thing to deal with. Yes. Um, there are a couple of enemies that actually like cast that can revive themselves earlier, but they'll just never do it. Right. You know, like the fights aren't long enough mm-hmm. for it. They just have the ability and it's more trivia than anything. So here it is all about focusing fire on the healer. Um, you know, which often like can have reflects ca- reflect cast on her as well. Mm-hmm. I think the the character that is the caster can buff to reflect the healer. Okay, um, she's also so, at the back of the row. So if you're playing in a yeah. version where that matters, um, you know, you are, you know, you do end up having to take that damage tax. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're trying to uh, trying to protect her. Right. Um. Yeah. So I mean, that's really the secret to the fight is just focus fire on the healer. Mm-hmm. Um. Everyone else will go down pretty quick, yep. but you want to take one of them down because one when they're all three of them are together, they can do this delta attack mm-hmm. that is very devastating. Yes. Yeah. And they, you know, they communicate what they're going to do. Like one of them says, "Reflects going up." You know, reload. Yeah. Reload, covering fire. Yeah. 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 Boom a ball here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it's a cool fight. Um. Mm-hmm. Take out the tallest, tall sister, and then you can kind of work out the rest. Yeah. Um, but relatively challenging. I think that the, um, the save point is right before this as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think earlier on, I, when I was a kid, I definitely made the mistake of like saving before these guys, beating them, and then moving on and getting wiped after killing them. Oh, yeah. Which bumps me, you know, bumps me out before I had like good, 
good save discipline mm-hmm. you know before redoing part of a jrpg dungeon was literal torture <laughs> right. so like, you know I can't, um, I can't tell you how many times we were playing this and then gary just like unprompted like texted me state secrets yeah yeah i was i was being tortured uh, so i just uh, i had to tell him uh you know the the codes right yeah the codes of my half of the amulet <laughs> um yeah I won't, so, I won't say what it is but let's just say the code is nice <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, um yeah so beyond them you get into the tower's control room where Tella finally makes his uh confrontation with Golbez and this is the first uh the first instance that we get of seeing Golbez in combat um with this massive massive sprite Um, I love his posture as well just like that cocky arms crossed um yeah like so what's it gonna be then kind of look he looks incredibly cool. Yeah. It's like, um, like a, there's, it's like a magneto posture. Yeah. To, you know, is what I associate with it. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's very good. And it just, you know, it presents this kind of like in, you know, in the actual game, he's as big as you are. Mm-hmm. Um, this is almost like a symbolic representation. Yes. You know, of him. Oh man. For, so the first couple of years that we went to PRGE, um, there was that massive Perler booth that made those shadow boxes. Yes. Uh, and they had that gigantic, that gigantic one that is Golbez, all four fiends and your final party set against the, uh, the lunar core combat mm-hmm. backdrop. Um, and I think they said like, oh, this would like, if somebody bought this, like this is our showpiece. If somebody bought this, it'd be thousands of dollars. I still desperately want that thing. I think they sold it. I haven't seen it in a while, but yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm 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 fairly certain that it is it is uh uh it stopped showing up yeah. at some point. But thousands of dollars is always hard to justify for a perler. It really and is. It, it, yeah. Like always. It's like I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, I but it, it it's like it is tons and tons of work and it is a beautiful object. Yes. Yeah. You know, so it it would be really, really neat. I feel like there's probably a representation of a similar effect you could get mm-hmm. uh, you know, for more affordably. Yeah. Like yeah. um searching like I haven't really done it, but I bet you like Final Fantasy Four is a fun Etsy search. Hmm. For that reason, I'll be distracted for the rest of the episode. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> what, I was, that's what I was trying to do because I'm going to sneak in, uh, you know, propagandas and, <laughs> and general things that you're against, like during the the, the podcast. <laughs> By the end of this Final Fantasy IV episode, I'm going to make sure nobody listening likes Deadly Premonition, <laughs> and even I like Deadly Premonition. I'm just yeah. going to do it for spite. <laughs> 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 but yeah, this is a this is a combat cutscene as you know Tella is throwing everything that he has you know against Golbez, who is shrugging most of it off and not even really you know countering back. Um, and Tella decides, hey, I'm going to you know do what I have to. I'm going to finish you off using uh, Meteor. Yes, and he doesn't have enough MP for Meteor, right? So like that's the idea why this like you know kills him. Like this this takes it out of him. Yes. Yeah. No. Um, but it, it, it knocks out Kane. Um, Golbez takes off. Like, it is a big deal. You're casting these, you know, throwing around media. I was like, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cecil's like, why didn't Golbez just kill us here? Right. <laughs> like, Tolbez, or Telez died. Yeah. Uh, Tolbez. I think I called him Tolbez and Telez in that. And neither of those are characters in Final Fantasy IV. <laughs> Telez dead. Like, you could have killed us all and summarily <laughs> executed us. Right, right. Um, Kane gets forgiven lightning quick. <laughs> and uh there's this uh, guillotine he's, he's just gullible you know I, nobody should forgive kane <laughs> kane, kane should have been summarily executed as soon as this game ended like they're, they're like no joke right. like at some point like or like you, you don't get hands 
Right. You know, like you can you can live out the rest of your life as like a, a tongueless mute clerk. But I'm gonna take your hands and your tongue, and you get to live in the dungeon and clean up after Odin's shit. Fuck's sake, like, man! He's terrible. He's, <laughs> he's destroying the world, man. He's almost cataclysmic. There has to be, you know, it's it's uh there has to be consequences for this. You had to discourage all those young canes from doing this shit. <laughs> you had to set an example. Yeah, you have to, you have to yeah, put his head on his own bike. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hoist him upon his own petard outside of the uh, the gates. Right. Yeah. So, um, send different parts of Cain to be affixed to the front gates of every kingdom. Yeah. Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I'm just saying he's he almost destroyed the world. Like, yeah, I know. There's a there's consequences here. Yeah. Um, or there there should be. There's, there's not. There's not. Um, no. Yeah. Uh, they're bringing and, and, and this is not the last time it happens either. So. No. no. Um, so like you say, uh, Rosa's being kept under this guillotine and, you know, time is of the essence. Uh, they rescue her at the final, the final moment. Again, we talked about this last episode, but in the U.S. version, the guillotine is replaced with a gigantic steel ball, uh, yes. which is even worse. The guillotine was designed to be humane for its time. Yes. yes. And the steel ball has never seen a, re- a renaissance in real life executions. Right. So, um, but they, they, they reunite and they hug. Um, you know, everyone is real happy except for Kane, you know, who's ashamed. You know, he says like, Hey, you know, I was, I was being John Malkovich right in there. My words and actions were being controlled, but I could still think about this. And maybe I did this just because I wanted to be near you, Rosa. Um, setting up this weird kind of love triangle thing that mm-hmm. pays off in the after years, but not really here. Right. Yeah. Um, but like that was the seed. That was the, you know, the small crack that Golbez was able to use to, you know, to, to, to wedge his way in. Just yeah, the friend zoning of Cain. <laughs> um, <laughs> by the coward Cecil Harvey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so the, you're, you're on your way out here after this, like, you know, pretty dramatic moment, but there's, you know, I feel like they, they have to stick a boss fight in here. Uh-huh. Um, this is my least favorite of the elemental fiends for yeah. every reason that there can be. Like, Sto- where it takes place in the story mechanically and kind of just coolness wise. Mm-hmm. Um, because just kind of on your way out, like we, you had a boss fight, but we need another one. Here's, here's Barb, Barbaricia. But, uh, but Barbaricia. Barbaricia. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're all, the... they're all Italian names. So just say with like an outsized Mario. Barbaricia. Barbaricia. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in, and Barbaricia shows up and is a tornado, tornado lady with a boring gimmick and very little flavor. Right. Right. Um, so her gimmick is that she will turn into, into a tornado. Um, and, you know, Kane is like, all right, it's my time to shine. Um, saying like, you're not the only one who fights in the air. Um, uh, when she's in the tornado, you can't do any damage to her, uh, physically. Um, and I believe she either counters or casts, uh, Maelstrom, which gives yeah. Rosa a lot to do. Maelstrom is like a party wide version of tornado, which brings everybody down to critical HP. Yeah. Down to one or two hit points. So it's also just really weirdly coincidental that you just get Kane, like you get her weakness back. <laughs> right. Like the way this fits into the story, I do not like this right. elemental fiend at all. Yeah. Um, so you just, you know, you just had to make sure. And, and also, man, like now that I'm thinking about it, cause jump is so fiddly with the timing, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like you can jump, uh, when she's a tornado, everyone kind of like hangs back and waste turns. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't waste you turns. J- you just let them, let them pile up. Yeah, you let the, yeah, you let them. Well, eventually though, because they don't lap it themselves. Right. So everyone will be ready once the tornado is down, but like you can wait quite a while mm-hmm. for, for Kane's jump. So it's like, you know, turns for the whole party pile up, turns for an individual do get wasted because you just kind of camp out on, on right. a full, uh, AP or whatever. Um, so 
you know, you want to have Kane wait, you know, kind of constantly be waiting because if you have Kane jump when she has her tornado down, mm-hmm. um, and then you hit her and then the tornado goes up, you know, the tornado can go up after you've already dialed in a bunch of actions, I guess. Right, right. So the thing you're doing to, to fix it has uh, not just the wait to do the action, but also mm-hmm. the wait for it to trigger. Right. So the idea is, you know, have everybody wait for her to fire off the, um, you know, fire off the tornado, send Kane to go. Um, and then everybody will be ready to act when she's, uh, you know, like <laughs> that they'll be piled up and ready to act when she's vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's real. It's kind of fiddly with the double weight. Yeah. You know, as, as opposed to the, uh, Cagnazzo, you yeah. know, Cagnazzo, where you, where you have to, uh, you know, lightning will fire quicker and, uh, a little bit. It yeah. feels like, yeah. you know, yeah. um, I'm, I'm happy for any kind of, um, variance to the rhythm. You know, so like I'm not as I'm not as put off by this as you. I think I, I think I would be if it wasn't a variance that we've like it is a variance to the rhythm, but it to me it is a worse version of a variance we keep getting. You know, with that like don't attack while the tail is up. Yeah. Uh, kind or, of very very minor variations on that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um. So it's fine. You you eventually kill the and she has she has like so little personality too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like uh, fa- facts about Barbaricia, scantily clad. Uh, was the commander of the MAGA sisters. Yes. Yep. So um, you eventually uh, kill her. The tower starts to crumble. She was a load-bearing boss. Right. And uh, Rosa casts the teleport spell to get you to safety. Right. Um, and, like, we're despairing because, at this point, Golbast has all four of the crystals. Yeah. Uh, we don't but... know what he's going to do with them. We right. just know that it's bad that he has them. <laughs> right. And it's uh, bad that we don't. I was going to put them together into a mega crystal and save the world. We have totally misread the situation. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He's a, yeah, it's, it's a like watchman. Yeah. You know, he's, he's reuniting the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, Kane has some information that says, Hey, all hope is not lost because, uh, those four are not all of the crystals. Um, yes. you know, uh, we need to find another set on the other side of the earth, which, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a riddle. Um, the only clue to which is the fact that he has this thing called the magma stone. Um, yes. So we have that, and we also have an airship with free reign over the world to go to the two or three remaining towns. Yeah, and try to find a place where you might be able to use this item. Right. Um, I have I have no memory of what this was like for me the first time I did it. Yeah. So here I just knew where to go. I don't like they don't do very a whole lot to signal it, but I can't say whether I think it does that well or not because. I just remember I like have, have internalized the knowledge of what to do. Yeah. The first time that I did this, the guide in the manual that shipped with the U S version, uh, miraculously that manual was still in the rental version that I got from the, uh, from the Kmart, um, mm. you know, where I got all of this and that guide goes up to this point. Um, and okay. it says like, Hey, head to Agart and, you know, look around there because that's where you need to go. And then that's, that's where it ends before you go to the underworld. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but that's what you do. You go to, to Agart, um, which is full of kind of uh, people who are kind of shorter and more stout because they're descended from dwarves. Yes. Um, do we have in the guide? When do we uh, do, you, do you want? Let's talk about Mithril real quick as a town, because you don't need to go there. But I think that's a really flavorful and cute town. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk. And about this Mithril. is this is a good place to go. A good time to go to it because you're just kind of checking towns. Yeah. Yeah. So this is one of the other towns you can go to. 
Uh, Mithril is a town that is uh, populated by monsters, or I think I, I don't it, know, like it's like a circus. It's like Todd Browning's Mithril. Like, I don't really know how to describe it. it. I like, mean, it manifests as um, you know, townspeople who are the sprites of your characters when they are under different uh, status effects. So you have people who yeah. have mini, you have people with uh, with toad, and you have people with uh, with pig, and they're going it's a around status and they're colony. Happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like the Hawaiian Islands where like, you get you get caught with status and they can't cure you. Like, there should have been a like a, a touching cutscene where we like wheel off Forum and Polymer. <laughs> this is the status colony. Yep. Set them, set them up around a fountain to be shit on. Yeah. <laughs> Just like yeah, that was my friend that once that now here I am to shit on him. Um, so he would have liked it. Status Colony would have is liked an amazing it. name for a hip hop collective. Actually, yeah. status colony. That's yeah. actually that is pretty good. <laughs> Parappa the status. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So this is, I mean, there's not a whole lot to do here. Um, Eventually this becomes the place where this this isn't the place where you uh, pink tail, right? Or is it, is that this down in the underground? This is where the, um, so Mithril cave is by this. And that is where the tail collector, um, who is the miner lives, the miner who is a tail collector, the person who mines, not the person. He gives you mithril, which you then take to the guy underground. Yes. You then, you then take the Coco's forge. I've, I've, uh, I've never done that, but it's it's part of that quest, which we'll talk about, Mm -hmm. um, later. So that's the, really the only reason to go here. And at this point, like mithril armor is still good. Right. You know, so like you can go here and kind of equip up. It's one of the ways you can kind of sequence break a little bit mm-hmm. if you're doing that. But mostly it's just like full of flavor because it's full of freaks. Right. You know, um, I think this is a cute town. Yeah. It's fun. And, you know, and sometimes you need to go um, and keep those freaks company. Yeah. Like because freaks like you uh, got <laughs> got to know what to do. Got to take the statue, cover it in poo. Like <laughs> <laughs> take that mouthy little shit. Um, <laughs> Stop physically abusing your brother. Yeah. Use your words. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> talk it out. Um, but instead, you go to Agar, which uh, allows you to. So you you find this well in the middle of of it. You throw the Magna Stone into it and causes the mountain of North to blow it <laughs> blow up, uh, killing most of the population of Agar, uh, pre- preserving them in ash. Yes, there we go. That's a better way to put it. <laughs> uh, preserving them for future so they can clone them. Right. Uh, in in the after after years, <laughs> but but we don't see that. Right. Um, so this allows us to go uh, underground. Like there is kind of a dry run for a second world kind of setup mm-hmm. uh, that we would see. I like I feel, you know, more successfully in six because it like reflects on the first world. Oh, yeah. I mean, this that, is still, that can't like, be well, beaten. What's that? Yeah, this is still a cool, cool moment, though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the idea that this was behind, under us the entire time. Yeah, that there's like, like kind of a mini world. Yeah. This expanding possibility. You know, yeah. it's, it, it looks like hell and it's full of tough enemies, but like it's full of friendly people. Um, yeah. You wouldn't know that at the start, though, because when you arrive down here, you are caught in the crossfire, crossfire between um, the Red Wings and these tanks that are on the ground. We've never seen tanks before. Yes. Um, and you get caught in this crossfire and you the ship actually goes down. Um, you go down right outside this castle um and you you can head in again it is full of tough enemies uh so you're gonna want to seek sanctuary and you go to the the dwarven castle yes um uh, this feels like another final fantasy one um oh, very much so. yeah oh. yeah um and all these doors are like super friendly like <laughs> like oh you're, you're you're tall and funny look at you mm-hmm. um and they're all trying to teach you their battle cry uh lolly ho yeah. uh which is super cute because they because they do this cute little jump when they do it yep yeah. yeah, and the music is very jaunty. <laughs> um, 
so you 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 head on. You can kind of explore a little bit, but some areas are blocked off because they want you to go talk to the king, Jiat. Um, you talk to him and you say like, "Hey, uh, you know this guy's coming for the crystals. Um, we need him." Uh, and he's like, "Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Two of the crystals have already been taken. <laughs> yeah. Where were you keeping uh, them? <laughs> yeah, I don't know where the other two are. They're probably just in the same room. All right. Um, you know, so uh, it's like, okay, well, we have to protect those. Sid says, "I'm going to go fix our ship because we're going to need to uh, get like shielding for this heat." Yeah. Um, if we're going to go around to these crystals. And as you're hanging out there, uh, Yang uses his Kung Fu senses to uh, to know that there's movement behind uh, the throne. Yeah, we see the cool sprite, like, jump up and peek over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like, hey, somebody's trying to get into the crystal chamber right now. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's head on in. Yeah. Uh, and you go in. Um and you find these dolls. Before we have, uh, uh, we, we had spoken with Luca, you know, the daughter of the Dorfin King. Um, and she was saying like, oh, I've lost my dolls. I have no idea what happened. Well, this is where they are. Um, yes. they have been brought to life, um, as Kalka, Kalka dolls and Brina dolls. And they're yes. doing their fun little dance. I love the music for this. Yeah, this boss fight gets its own unique theme. <laughs> it's this kind of like sickly waltz that goes on. I, yeah. I heard it used as background, like production music, like a, like a music bed in an episode of This American Life, and it tricked me the fuck out. That's real weird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It, it is. It's an odd. Uh, it's an odd moment, but very memorable at the very least. Yes. You know that, like now you're fighting evil dolls. <laughs> um, you know, so they they uh, there's six of them that you fight. Um, if you wait long enough, so you're trying to defeat them. Um, either one half of them at once um, or defeat all of them quickly enough kind of spread out your damage but if you don't they will actually morph into a gigantic like pretty spooky looking sprite yeah um, as Kalkabrina yes um, and attacking you like in this I think this is when it changes over to the regular boss music it's a yeah. it's a pretty intense fight like the physical damage that she doles out is no joke well and you have no healer right like Cecil is your healer at this point mm-hmm. and that's not great you have Rosa you at know. this point Oh no, you're right. You do. You do. Yeah. Have you don't have a black mage though. Right. That's what it is. So we, it's hard to do that kind of thing where you're spreading out the damage when there are all of them. So you don't have any kind of like bomber. Right. Um. You know, you have a healer, but you just have it's just Yang, Cecil, and Rosa. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Yang's kick. I mean, and, it's and, no and great. And shape. Kane. Yeah. 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 But yeah, you can't do do a whole lot of damage to them. Um. So as uh, you know, you fight them. Eventually, you beat them, and Golbez pops up again. Yes. And uh, you are already weakened from this fight. Mm-hmm. Comes in and attacks the weakened party. You have a, a plot loss to this because yeah. um, he not only you know comes in himself, but he has his own shadow dragon that he brings in to paralyze us and, you know, one by one, take everybody but Cecil down. Um, yeah. And this moment for me was like just the tops. I don't remember ever being more excited about a game before um, when this happens. When it's, it's real like the rhythms of it are very intentional. Yes. Like it, he very slowly like sets you up and knocks you down, and it happens within the the mechanical space. Like it happens in the battle screen. Yeah, it happens. It's a cool moment. Yeah, for the, sure. The, the the exciting part is when your party blinks out. Like, wait a minute, what? This I've only seen that happen with one thing before. Here comes the mist dragon to dissolve the shadow dragon, and then wait, that person who comes in looks kind of like Ridia. Holy mm-hmm. shit, Ridia's back. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Who joined joined your party? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to fight, and it is there's all these questions that you don't get answered right away. Right, like this is this is a well paced moment mm-hmm. um, because you can't stop to think about what's going on. Like you have to actually fight this pretty pretty tricky fight. Yeah, here. And it's especially tricky because everybody else is dead. Like you know, she doesn't revive everybody. So like your first order of business 
is to like get somebody back up and that somebody probably is going to be Kane. So you can just, so you can have him jump uh, so that maybe he can come back and keep the, uh, keep the cycle going later. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I was Rosa. I was trying to get, you know, like he'll give you healed so you can heal other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can, I can put you aside, but it is, it is a, a kind of a desperate moment with you starting, you know, a couple steps behind. Yeah. But you have Rydia, who, uh, whose summon uh, arsenal is really filled out. You have, you know, Shiva, you have the Freet, um, you have Ramu, like all this big stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is good. Like, you know, you're going to need it. You're going to need that, that firepower. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because previous to this, you had Chocobo, <laughs> which you still have, which is not great. Right, right. Um, and uh, Rydia also no longer has uh, white magic. Right. Um, so you, that's why I want to bring back Rosa, because Rydia cannot these people now right um you eventually uh defeat the the fight uh Golbez disappears he just kind of takes off but he leaves his ar- magical arm which takes the crystal and everyone kind of watches it right um this <laughs> bums me out a little bit Step i think this is a, yeah this, this is this is an anticlimactic moment to this other you know this otherwise like very dramatic and cool thing that happens <laughs> right. why it had to be his magical arm i don't know what it is with the summer fucking magical arms but i'm done with it <laughs> Like, I never need to have someone just have a spirit arm <laughs> that does magic ever again. No, no more freestanding arms. <laughs> if somebody bought me a copy of Arms for the Switch, I'd spit in their fucking face. <laughs> like, get out of me, arms. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go play Lisa so I can give up my arms to keep party members. Like, yeah, you, you, you no would, arms. You would very much enjoy a cutscene at the end of Metal Gear Solid 4 where Raiden cuts off both of his arms. I, but their arms are going to, it's not like their arms aren't going to come back. Yeah. I just, the Metal Gear Solid 6, it's going to be those two arms and me crawling around doing shit. <laughs> like, he loves arms. <laughs> um, too many arms. So yeah, I think, I think this is a dorky, this is not cool. It's a dorky dorky arm. Yeah. Yeah. Up until that point, fine. Mm-hmm. And you need to get the crystal, which is fine. I just wish he had like dashed forward and taken it. Yeah. Yeah. And teleported you know, it didn't, away. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I'll, I'll give it points for being creepy at the very least. Yeah, I, it's hard for me to take an arm seriously, man. I don't know. I don't think an arm is that creepy. I'm bigger than an arm. I, well, I remember being creeped out when I was young too. Yeah. Like, you know, even even diminished to this to this one small piece, he is still still has agency. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, um. So we're like, hey, Radio, what the fuck? Well, first we find out that it is Radio. Um, yes. I guess I guess we saw that in the combat menu. Uh, so during the attack on the ship, Leviathan actually swallowed her and took her into the Fey March, which is the realm of the Eidolons. Um, and time works differently there. And she has aged, you know, like 10 years or so in, you know, in, in the however long it's been since that attack. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like a, a weird and scary thing to have happen to you. Yes. You know, like, um, like she went and lived, like, I, I, I want to, like, have that, that game kind of. Uh-huh. You know, where it's like, oh, I got to go live in the, the land of monsters. <laughs> you know, it, it is one of the um, one of the more evocative things about this game. Yes. You know, and it's cool that you get to go visit there later. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's just like it, it's hinted at, like it, it happens on the periphery. Right, right. Um, there, there's very little that is made of her living out of step with everybody yes. else. Like yeah. it like is. She's Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, it, it's nodded out a little bit in the in the after years, but it's not very, you know, like the fact that at the end of this game, she goes to live out her life there. Like, well, no, really, you're going to die in like two weeks. It's <laughs> <laughs> a mistake, Rydia. Um, and the, the uh, uh, it's weird because they, they decide, you know, some characters much more than others are successful at getting additional character development in the after years. Mm-hmm. Rydia is probably not one of those. Mm-hmm. Like when you say it's, it's expanded on a little bit, like I, th- I feel like it's a very little bit. 
Um, you know, like it's weird that the after years like Edward ends up being the MVP. Yeah. Um, everyone else gets like a little bit, right, you know, right. of varying degrees of success. And this character who I think kind of unquestionably has the most compelling kind of story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in this, um, you know, and and the and the thing that feels least like kind of stock standard mm-hmm. to me, um, gets as as little time as they do. Yeah. You know, I needed a dirge of Cerberus for. For for Rydia, yeah, you know, R- Rydia, um, Rydia is like the MVP of the game, you know, in yeah. terms of in terms of arc and in terms of like, you know, power in the party and just her place in the story. Like she's she's pretty great. Yeah, in terms of flavor, right. I think it is is where I would I would definitely put her. Yeah, you know, um, so you talk to Giat, Giat's like, yeah, there's one last crystal. It's in the sealed cave. They definitely can't get it. Why aren't we? Why don't we go on the offensive? Right. <laughs> like, they're holding these things like you guys are powerful. I just saw you summon a fucking dragon. Like, let's go get those things back. Right. Um, um, yeah. And they're being held in the Tower of Babel uh, up to the north. Yeah. Which, like, the Tower of Babel's already a thing, dog. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> that means something. You, spe- like, you spelled it weird. You spelled it weird, but it, it's also, you know, that's where everyone, you know, tried to get to God. And that's the reason why there are different languages. Like, mm-hmm. Tower of Babel is a thing. But. This is, you know, apparently different. So you go there um, to get to the tower, and uh, it had it's, up until this point, it's had these shields on it. Um, the idea is that these tanks are going to kind of lower its defenses by blasting it. Right. So you can get in. Yeah. Um, so you sneak in um, in the crossfire again. And yeah. um, the Tower of Babel, uh, it is like the Tower of Zod, but it is full of these tougher elemental enemies. It also has, you know, kind of a more valuable treasure completing your uh, kind of arsenal of um, of elemental equipment. It's um this is uh, a real like very similar Tower of Zot in every way where it's like not only does it have the same kind of palette, it's also, um, you know, it, it's small floors and there are tons of them. Yeah. yeah. There are like 13 floors mm-hmm. to this. And some of them are only a couple rooms. So, yeah, it's um. It's got flavor, but not a lot of texture. It's got it's got flavor. I wish it didn't come quite hot on the heels of the Tower of Zot. Yes. You know, or like I wish that like where where the fuck's the Tower of Zot? What's the Tower of Zot? You know, like <laughs> like we've dealt with the uh the Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. The Tower of Zot is the outlier. Like this should have been in some ways should have been the first weird techno tower, I yes. think. Yeah. Um so you kind of make your way up. Um you eventually about halfway up you get this kind of like little cutscene where you see this like like literally a mad scientist because <laughs> what genre is this? Um, talking to uh, Rubicant, um, who is dressed in red and, and sharp people in the audience will figure out who he is mm-hmm. um, on this kind of holographic display. Yes. And so it's like, ah, oh, yes, everything's going according to plan. The cannons are powering up, blah, blah, blah. Turns it off and then immediately turns around and says, I'm going to betray you and take the crystals for myself. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and you, you make your way up and this is Dr. Luge. Yes. Um, as we mentioned, um, this is uh, from Final Fantasy VII. Yes, this is this the is, trial run for Hojo. Yes, uh, this is the weird super science uh, section of Final Fantasy IV. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a, a dumb Frankenstein yeah. um, with him that is, uh, you know, kind of like it, it plays. I think it plays the Calcabrina music. Yeah, yeah. the first part of this, it's like playing the dorky waltz to let you know <laughs> that this is for comedy uh, rather than terror. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, you know, the. You know, the Barnabas, like his, his Frankenstein does not, uh, you know, does, doesn't do well. Right. Like it, it doesn't act him, on it hits him, things like that. Yeah. It doesn't act on, uh, doesn't act on his uh, commands. It doesn't know what to do by itself. Um, after you do enough damage to it, uh, Lugay replaces the head. Like he climbs into it like a mech. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's play, you know, like you said, it's played for comedy. I like the idea that they are using the, uh, the combat dialogue, uh, for, you know, for this effect to give you this small little scene before you end up fighting the real boss. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. So Barnabas goes down and Luke says, all right, well, time to stop fucking around. You fight just him. Um, and after you do a little bit of damage and defeat his physical body, uh, his cyborg implants take over and he turns into a really scary rocket skeleton. Yeah, this is very weird. Yeah. He turns into a straight up skeleton warrior. Yeah. Like one of the, the toys. Like he looks like a skeleton warrior. Yeah. I was, um, I was, I was very uh, disturbed by this when I was young. <laughs> it's just yeah. the idea that like he had this, uh, this metal endoskeleton that would come out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's hard for me to take this. Like, I mean, I, I can't remember what I thought of it when I was young. No. It didn't make a, it didn't make a real big impression on me, I don't think. No. So here, here, I still, I think this feels like it's from another game still. No. I don't think this, this belongs. No. Um, you know, it's, it's a weird thing where like this is a short game. Um, so you can see them kind of like jamming in bosses and dungeons, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of kind of making a game pace. Like it's been a little while since we had a boss fight. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's where, where our strength is. We have to jam one of those in here. And, the the less it gets more and more less and less successful to me the further it strays away from a grand fantasy melodrama about crystals yeah you know so like when it gets to uh you know things like this or i mean not just any grand fantasy melodrama but the specific grand fantasy melodrama so like mm-hmm. when you run into stuff like this and the dark elf and things that feel like they're not kind of part of the core plot mm-hmm. it you know it doesn't it doesn't it clangs for me it doesn't quite work yeah you know it's it's like we need to have a boss here, mm-hmm. so that you know. But it, it's a uh, it's weird to introduce this like second act betrayal thing. Yeah, you know. Um, I don't know. I I I I again will give it points for variety at the very least. This didn't clang as much for me as it did for you. Yeah, yeah. There's there's I'm also looking back on it in terms of like the weird wash of the literal dozens and dozens and dozens of bosses I've fought now that I've gone through the entire thing, mm-hmm. where like. There's an element of fatigue, like poking through. Yeah. So like when, when I'm at this point, like the first time, like it does kind of improve the pacing. It's just, I'm looking back on it. That it feels a little bit like, what's this guy doing here? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm trying to try my best to see it through clear glasses, not post after years. Like I've literally just fought 24 bosses, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of that. So yeah. the, um, yeah. Um, so the twist or the trick to him, not really a twist, but just the focus of his fight is the fact that he does, you know, kind of high damage and will affect the entire party with status effects. Like he's got these chemical yes. weapons almost. Yeah. He shoots poison out. Yeah. yeah. And poison in this game is a big deal. Yeah. Um, there's kind of weird, uh, there's two poisons in this. There's regular poison, which does like kind of chunks you like does big bits. And then there's a, a status effect called sap that you can't get rid of, which is a slow, you know, a few hit points here, a few hit points there. Yeah kind of a decrease mm-hmm. and uh yeah he actually does poison which is a bigger deal in this yeah. yeah yeah um so when you take him out you know with his final word says hey you're too late the plan is already in um you know taking place and says like uh, the ultimate weapon is going to fire so we head back down and go into the cannon room where we fight off some of the goblin captains that are manning the guns but they sabotage you know the switches um yeah leaving the only option apparently uh, being for Yang to lock himself in and just kind of go nuts, uh, blowing up the, <laughs> blowing up the cannon room as it stands. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, I guess, I guess somebody had to do it. Yeah. You know, um, but again, this is, 
So there's still there's a little heroic sacrifice fatigue. You know, I'm not trying to be like I like this game. I'm not trying to be too negative on it, but mm-hmm. like it doesn't present well with this treatment. <laughs> like <laughs> us going through it. Like it's only been a you know it feels like it's been ten minutes since we talked about the last heroic sacrifice. Like mm-hmm. it it does affect this pacing a little bit. Right. Um. You know, and this is one of the less sensible uh, <laughs> ones. I feel like 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 Rosa literally cast teleport like to get out of a dungeon a second ago. Right. Did she try it here? I can't remember. Is there um, like a hand waving like, oh, it's blocked? I, th- I think that he's doing it because they're they're training the the cannons on the door. Oh, yeah, he's trying yeah. to. Yeah, he's trying to. He's so trying to save the door. Out. Yeah, well, like we we have somebody here who can summon dragons. <laughs> you know, it, it it feels silly to me. Yeah. Um. You know, and it's also not like it doesn't tie into Yang specifically. Like this could have been anybody. It feels like, you know, like we all just met the dwarves. Yeah. You know, so maybe if if they had sent like somebody, like one like a dwarven emissary or something like that. You know, somebody with a, with a more personal stake than just kind of, you know, than yeah. Yang. Yeah. So, um, but see, so he sacrifices himself. Um, you have to walk out yep. here. So you do, I did try to teleport. And this is something that uh, I'm going to complain about again, that this game does, where if it wants to show you a cutscene right at the entrance of the dungeon. <laughs> you can't you can't, warp right to that cutscene. You can't, you can't warp to the cutscene. <laughs> it drives me fucking nuts, man. Like, like that is one of those like innovations that, and this applies to all RPGs, but like, when people figured out that we don't want to walk, take the long way out of a dungeon. Yep. Like that is such a good, good thing. Like if you look at the difference between like a Morrowind dungeon and a Skyrim dungeon. Absolutely. That's ex- uh, that was exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Like <laughs> it, it makes a huge difference. Like they just loop back and it just, it's so much better because like, it's not fun walking back through a dungeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've already done this. You know, there's, there's no, uh, like I've proved myself. Like <laughs> let me go and, and, and get with the urgency of the plot. Yeah. Um, because it happens like literally as you're like, right as you're leaving. Yep. Uh, Golbez shows up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. no, I agree. It is, uh, it is a pacing killer. Um, yeah. there's nothing that I would have missed on the way up that I, uh, that I didn't get on the way down. And I don't know, like if you, if you wanted to add that in, I, I don't know. If you wanted it could have been a different dungeon. Yeah. Like, yeah. It could, yeah, have, it could have, been have been more, back, like more dungeon, but I understand what they're trying to do, trying to get more time out of the same asset. Like that would have been more work. Yeah. yeah. And this is already a repeated asset. Like yeah. this is already the same sprite set yeah. as the Tower of Zot. So it's like you're really squeezing this bad boy. Yeah. Not as much as you squeeze the uh you know, the Cavern of Mist underground waterway <laughs> asset. But like this is this is really, you know, economical in a way that disservices the game, yeah. I think. Um we do the same thing also in a minute. Yeah. So that's the frustrating thing is like when you get to the sealed cave, there's a cutscene they want to show you at the end and you can't, you know, teleport out. Right. So so on your way out, um, you know, you're crossing the bridge, you know, over the lava, um, to, you know, get, get back to the overworld. Um, and Golbez, um, his voice appears to say like, haha, I've got you now and starts dropping the bridge out from beneath us. Uh, the party begins to fall, you know, presumably mm-hmm. to their death, but, um, the enterprise swoops in at the very last moment, uh, Sid making his heroic, uh, swoop to, you know, rescue you. However, the problem is the Red Wings are now in hot pursuit. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, pretty like what a quinky dink, but still acceptable because this happens all the time in fiction. Right. Um, pretty cute. Um, Sid says like, Hey, like we actually have to, uh, the only way we're going to lose them, um, is if we go to the overworld and blow up the entrance. But the only way to blow up the entrance is to strap dynamite to myself, uh, <laughs> and set it off. So like, so here's the, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing about these heroic sacrifices. Cool. Uh, so one, like dynamite doesn't have, uh, you know, it's, it's a timed thing. Right. In general. So what does this gain by having Sid attached to it? Pathos? Yeah, I mean, like, 
I, I feel like this is this is as little pain. It's it's kind of badass. <laughs> right. There, I, I can't think of a heroic sacrifice in this game that has less pathos than this. <laughs> right. Like this is so stupid. Yep, it's um, really dumb. Especially hot like, on the heels of losing this other party member. Literally just happened. It's like everyone is such a hurry. Like it's like what if there was a kingdom? Like I wish they had 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 a thing where it's like once the crystals are gone, everybody wants to kill themselves. <laughs> like we literally lose the will to live. Because that's what it feels like. Everyone is in such a hurry to like kill themselves for like, you know, are Aang, Yang, yes, yeah. right? This is to stop you from being like chased. Like <laughs> fucking land an agar and make a stand. Like we, you know, you can fight shit. Like right. it, this is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and also just the fact, have you been wearing that the whole time? <laughs> totally. Like you've made yourself a suicide bomber. Yeah. What kind like, of man wears armor hot dogs? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it, it's a... Yeah, it is, uh, I like, I like that, that, the pun in this case where it's armor hot dogs. Yeah. So, um, this is, uh, this is, this is so dumb. And then he also, like, he self-immolates and doesn't die too, where it's like, right. it just pushes, you know, not that I wanted him to actually die from this sacrifice that, yeah. that feels so. I also dorky, didn't want to, I didn't want to read text box by text box a horrifying description of his skin graft surgery. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was just, it just curaja. <laughs> yeah, so it's like they, you know, that's that's the reason why we can keep having these people live after they blow themselves up, and that's yeah. probably why they're so cavalier with blowing themselves up. <laughs> just like just Phoenix down me, right. you know, like this game, you know, other than uh, Tella, like doesn't actually deal with that that yeah. you know classic dissonance that web comic circa two thousand two video game dissonance. <laughs> right. So anyway, this is this is stupid. It like literally just happened. Right. Uh, you know, so. We we get out. It's like okay, we need to. Uh, we still need a functioning airship. Uh huh. Um, and we need to get into that Tower of Babel, and uh, it's protected by shallows. Remember the uh, hovercraft. We can't get the hovercraft over that continent without a hook. So let's go to Baron Castle and talk to Sid's slaves, <laughs> who uh, who apprentices. will uh, apprentices. His, apprentices. Thank you. Um, his his uh, and they they're like, oh, nothing happened. Our boss, he's fine. Uh -huh. You know, happy music, and they they put a hook on the bottom of your airship. Yes. Um, and this lets you carry it over and go and see the government in exile from Eblon Castle. Yes. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, Eblon Castle itself is kind of a neat dungeon. We alluded to it before. Um, but, um, the fact that it is this, uh, kind of place with a unique music, uh, there are no enemies, no random encounters, and you're just there to try and like find the hidden passageways to get treasure. Um, the only combat being, um, some ogres that are found in monster, monster in the boxes. Yeah. And, uh, they're, they're serious shit. Like the ogres are pretty nasty. Um, it's fun to go here as soon as you can because uh, one, the treasure will be more meaningful, and two, it's very hard. Yes. Like the ogres are, are they don't fuck around. Right. Um, but it is this weird, you know. It's it's also weird just to find this abandoned castle. Mm -hmm. You know, like oh, like this is, this was a kingdom, but this is gone. Like nobody really comments on it. Right. When you get here, assume you know, presumably they know about Eblan, mm -hmm. but yeah, nothing really if, happens with that. If I had a ninja kingdom in my world, I would I would know. You'd want to know about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're trying to find the uh, the cave of Ablan uh, to get into after you get on the hovercraft in order to get into the Tower of Babel. Yeah. It's, a, uh, it's, it's around the base of the Tower of yes. Babel itself. Um, and this is kind of a repeat of the ancient waterway. Yeah. And, and mercifully just for one floor. Yes. Um, you do one floor of dungeon. It's like, oh, shit, we're doing this again. But then you run yeah. into uh, where Ablan, the people have fled, and it's pretty much a town. Right. Uh, underground, which is kind of cool to put this town in the middle of the dungeon. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and they're downtrodden. So like that, that castle, you know, it's not like it's a ruin that's been there forever. No, like they're a victim of this war. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, you continue kind of further in and eventually we see a ninja character, uh, there who is facing down, um, the character we saw talking to Lugia earlier. Uh, this is Rubicon and, uh, we see this little cutscene of them facing down. Um, Edge is looking for his parents. Um, and Edge, like, does a bunch of kind of cutscene attacks in the battle. Yeah, yeah. Um, but which, they all heal. All of which heal him, demonstrating what Rubicante's, um, you know, gimmick is. He has this, he has this, um, cloak that will turn elemental damage into, you know, HP for himself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, Rubicante disappears and Edge says, I'm going to go kill him. You know, he's got my parents. Um, and Radia herself is like, oh my gosh, I am so sick and tired of everybody fucking dying for no yeah. reason. Listen to us. Let us help you, you piece of shit. You cocky piece of shit. Yeah. And she, and she's right. Yeah. Uh, Edge is a cocky piece of shit. Like Edge is not, uh, good in this game. No. No. Like he, Edge is bad. Like Edge he's kind of cool looking, but he's. Yeah. I like the idea of having a ninja. That's, that's cool. I, I kind of do. It, it makes this whole thing like this game ends up. Uh, starting out as kind of this fantasy pastiche and then becomes this this kitchen sink, like, all-genre jam, <laughs> you know, at the end, which I think is a little bit less interesting. Mm. You know, um, it's the same way, like, the same thing kind of happens uh, when they introduce the third-disc nonsense in Final Fantasy IX. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, just, like, having, it's like, it's knights next to ninjas next to uh, kung fu masters and stuff. Like, it ends up being a little silly to me. Yeah. Um, I like the idea that it kind of, it, makes this feel like a bigger world mm-hmm. than it is like when you're seconds away from a kingdom that should, would have an entirely different culture. But yeah. it's, you know, it feels it's a little Dr. Lugia to have a kingdom of ninjas in the middle of this game mm-hmm. uh, to me. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's fine. Like it's, it's not actually bad. I wish that uh, edge wasn't paper. Yeah. Um, um, the problem is, you know, like, like durability, Uber Alice, um, yeah. and you have to kind of make a decision. Am I going to keep him in the front row where he can do more damage um, and he doesn't do a lot of damage anyway, or am I going to put him in the back row and leverage his ability to throw, you know, throw these disposable or consumable items. Um, yeah. but you know, deal, deal with the fact that he can't do as much damage from there. Yeah. And he, and he's specced for that. He can also do boomerangs, which do the same damage from the back row, mm-hmm. but it's still just not very much damage. So he ends up being kind of like a jet. He's like your jack of all trades. Like right, right. he can do some, uh, a couple of utility status effects, a couple of element like weak elemental attacks because he's not really statted out for it. Yeah. Um, that like will be fine if they hit an elemental weakness. Yeah. But otherwise are pretty much garbage. And then kind of like B minus physical attacks. Right. And that's kind of how he remains for the whole game. It's it's a little you know? bit like um like Edward where because he is the first to cross the line due to his superior agility, um, I end up actually using him for items a lot of yeah. the time. Yeah, like a backup healer. Yeah. So it's kind of you know in the final party that we'll get uh for this game the kind of er you know super nintendo like the party you're locked in and he has a role but his role is backup mm-hmm. you know is kind of switch hitter in a way that like me you know you're, you're never gonna be the most interesting person if you're just there to be the understudy for the other four characters right you know um and then just his personality is a little bit like confused to me like it he's driven by this this kind of his kingdom being in ruins and stuff, but the idea is that he's still kind of fun loving in the face of this tragedy, mm-hmm. uh, which is, expresses itself as like impish lechery. <laughs> yep. Um, and it's like I I don't I almost never need to see that archetype again. Right. You know, like that's just, it's not a 
it's just not my favorite thing. It's unique. Like he he mm-hmm. distinguishes himself from the rest of the party, but yeah. I don't think he's that interesting. Yeah, presents himself presents himself as this wannabe Lothario or ladies man. Yeah. You know, kind of guy, which just involves him hitting on whoever's in the party, uh, be it Rosa, who's spoken for, or Rydia, who has no patience for it. Yes. Um, and, and who's, you know, has seen shit. Like, who should have a thousand yard stare. Like, <laughs> like, I've lived with monsters for 10 years. <laughs> you know, like, um, the, uh, he ends up being kind of like an underbaked version of Setzer. Yeah. Like, he's like yeah. Setzer without the flavor, mm-hmm. you know, without the, like the kind of gambler, like airship mm-hmm. playboy flavor. Yeah. Uh, and, and also without the uh, just kind of PTSD kind of arc that Setzer has. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's there's not there's not as much reason for him to have the personality he has. Right. Whereas like Setzer is an expression of that idea because he of, of loss. Like Edge, you know, he loses his parents, but his arc is also about reconciling that. And then once he's reconciled it, he's still just kind of around after completing his arc. Yeah. You know, it's uh, he's I don't think he's a very successful character. No. Um, in this. Um. You know, and, and it's, there's a difference between like successful and complicated. Like mm-hmm. there are characters like Yang who is more successful because there's no aspiration to Yang. Right. Like Yang is just a sketch. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is Yang? Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's one dimensional and it's fine. Mm-hmm. He's one dimensional. He succeeds in that one dimension. Edge tries to be two dimensional and kind of fucks it up. Right. So it's kind of, to me, it's a worse value proposition. Yeah. I um, spend a lot of time with it too. Like the, <laughs> just, uh, the, 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 his, his whole arc here is one that is given a lot of spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it somebody on the, the staff was clearly a fan of edge. Right. Um, and his name is fucking edge <laughs> edge. You know, it's a, like, I don't know. Um, let, let me see here. Edge final fantasy four. Yeah. I wonder because, because usually they have a different, uh, they, they have a different name in uh, Japanese. Uh, okay. Ed, it was Bono. <laughs> in, uh, in Japanese. Oh, the wall. Like, Weird. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. all, his, his last name is Geraldine. Edge Geraldine. So. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Go home. You're drunk. Yeah, everybody's got a real dorky last name in this game. Harvey. Uh, yeah. Harvey. Like it is, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> So you eventually you get into the Tower of Babel, and mercifully, this is not a repeat of a dungeon you just did. No, no, same tile like, set, same but, palette, you're, but yeah. you're above it. Yeah, you're you're above where you used to be. No, you're going to go back to the old place later. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um this place is uh, this portion of it's full of more trap boxes, um, and also you're encountering um, eggs. Eggs everywhere. Yeah. You're finding all these monster eggs, uh, which if you don't uh, defeat them with enough damage, will spawn a different enemy. Yeah, I love the way these uh, articulate, like, because you crack them open. Yep. So if you uh, if you do enough damage, you can kill the egg, but otherwise you just open it and fight a Lamia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, pretty cool. But other than that, like, just tougher enemies and not a whole lot more to say. It's just a Final Fantasy 4S dungeon. Yeah. Um, eventually you move up and you run into your parents. Uh, the, like, if you talk about, so I wasn't scared of the Lugia skeleton. I was terrified by Edge's parents. Uh, yeah. Or pathetic, like, you know, like, warped. You know, I don't even know what they are. Yeah. Like the, the lady looks like a cocoon. Like she's some kind of like in like halfway pupa moth mm-hmm. thing. And the dad is a baboon wearing like dressed as royalty. Yeah. The, 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 the dad has been turned into a Sully from Monsters, Inc. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they they both have kind of like a little bit of the trappings of this royal appearance in their, in their dress and their garb. Um, it's a little bit like a cross between like, the monster that Daffy has turned into in Duck Amok. Oh, sure. And the, the, the jack in the box that the person at the end of, uh, oh gosh, it's a good life. 
that episode of the Twilight yeah. Universe turned into. Like it's it, it's farcical and like they have the you know they have this idea of like being turned on into almost almost like these clowns, but like they have lost their identity in this. Um, yeah. And also had their bodies warped. Like this is a terrible, terrible fate. Yeah, it's 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 pretty pretty spooky looking. It is some some good art direction. Yeah. Um, they're really colorful, you know. Um, in there and uh, you know, so you do this kind of short boss fight to smack them to for them to regain their senses, and they eventually just kind of say, "Hey, move on, buddy," and then yeah. kill themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, which is, you know, again, if I cared more about Edge, this would hit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does, it, again, it's visually pretty arresting. Yeah. No. Yeah. So. I, I care that this, like, this would be a terrible thing to happen to anybody. They don't necessarily perform that alchemy to make me care that it happened to Edge specifically. Yeah. Right. We just met Edge. Yeah. You know, so it is, it is a, a, a classic kind of, uh, introducing and resolving something in a game within the, a matter of minutes. Right kind of problem like this was not properly set up no yeah um so rubicante is the person who's responsible for this um you know again he is the last of the remaining elemental arch fiends um that you know gobez has at his disposal he comes and he's like all right well if you want to fight me it's going to be a fair fight uh so he restores your hp and your mp Uh, and you can also go back and save before this as well he doesn't start the fight right away yeah he waits it it is kind of a a duel is the uh the the gimmick Mm mm-hmm to him um as we as we mentioned um he has it's, it's very similar to what we see with the cutscene except we're in control like he has a cloak um that lets him absorb uh water and cold attacks like kind of elemental attacks that come his way right which uh he kind of like you know let's see he, he coquettishly like puts out his leg from time <laughs> <Yeah>. to time <laughs> it's, and, very, uh, it's very like he's just exposing it like he's a femme fatale in a he's not wearing anything under that. yeah it's like dad <laughs> you have to wear underwear with a robe when we have guests like <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that's uh that's a pretty good description man he's got a he's got like a thick thigh very muscular. He's, he's, yeah, he's got a real thigh. like real like purpley purpley <laughs> thigh like if it, it's like I'm, I'm eagerly looking forward to the waypoint story about final fantasy IV's greatest daddies <laughs> and how rubicanta is at the top of the list yeah so who are final fantasy IV's horniest daddies log on to waypoint.com to find out yeah um, I was also, I'm, this is going to make me sound like I'm just making, making monsters out of nothing. But remember, I played this when I was like eight or nine or something like that. In the SNES, his sprite looks like he has exposed brain to me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me pull that up. I'm, I'm curious about that. I don't remember seeing anything, uh, anything like that. There's all these, uh, it's, it's fun looking at these things because you do find uh, the original kind of drawings, like the, the concept. Yeah. Uh, art of them to see what they're they're going for mm-hmm. um and it's pretty it's pretty neat the uh, the version that we play the psp version he looks more like a double yeah yeah you know so it it doesn't the brain part definitely doesn't come out but you can see kind of what they're going for it was like a, a horns kind of mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah there yeah yep yeah um so, so that's him uh you find him, there's not it's not hard like he's no. not this is not that difficult to fight boss fight you just kind of you know stick to that gimmick and and you'll beat him um after you do, um, the citizens of Eblon pop up and say, like, okay, you know, uh, you're, you're great. Like, you are the king of Eblon now. Um, come back. But he's like, no, it's my duty to go on. I have to stop these people Yeah. Um, who did this to my parents. Yeah. Um, get kind of revenge and also save the world. Yeah, Rubicante is down, but Golbez is still a threat. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and so, you know, we decide we're going to go through, we're going to collect all these crystals. Uh, it's weird that you have a ninja in your party who cannot detect the trap. 
Yeah, I guess I guess that's true. <laughs> because you walk into the massive crystal chamber where all seven of the crystals are, then whoops, back to the old dungeon for you. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, um but uh Edge, because he's a devil may care sensor figure, says, uh, hey, we have to um you know, they're gonna let's steal one of the enemy's airships to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean there's no real honor associated with this. Like we have to get out. We need an airship. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you break in and steal what Edge names the Falcon. Enterprise, Falcon, get it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you have, um, you have this, um, at your disposal now. Yeah. Now you have, yeah, this is your, your final airship until you get the space airship. Um, and this one can go underground. So, uh, you go to King Giat. There's still that one last crystal. Um, and you, you head to him. You're like, Hey, this is what's going on. We failed to get the seven crystals back. We suck. He says, well, let's go secure the last crystal. <laughs> Which, uh, the last crystal is secure. Yeah, the last crystal, just leave it. You know, yeah. to, to take this, treat the necklace like your phylactery, put it in a place where Golbez will never get it. Yeah, put, put up a big sign that says, no hands allowed. <laughs> um, when you are in the um, the castle here, I think, is when you can develop uh, first visit the developer's room. Yeah. because uh, Which is a cute little Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Right, like uh, that, that's that's a cool thing you can do. The uh, the Final Fantasy IV developers mm-hmm. have a room inside the castle. Yeah, um, uh, it's adorable. So you can go there and get the uh, get the porno mag. Um, you, you get a porno mag. There are some weird like pervy things that pop up. Yeah, you know? but the way cuter things are like the fact that some of the developers show up as random encounters. <laughs> um, this like the sprites they give themselves. Like none of them are actually fights. Right. Right. You know, it's just it's just for goof em ups. Yeah, and they describe their role, saying like, "Oh, it's been forever since I slept. Oh, I'm testing this." Like they're describing to the party and and to the player like what they did on this. It's a very cool, very cool little Easter egg. Yeah, I I, I love this. Like finding that when I was a kid, um, <laughs> it was very cool. It's very similar to um, going to the Lucas Arts office and Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Oh yeah, um, that's what it reminded me of. And I'm like, this is great. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this is super cute and good. More, more of this. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so, but really, you're just going to go open up the door for Golbez. Um, <laughs> the Lucas necklace, which is the key to the sealed cave, um, you had there. Um, as we go, we find out uh, Sid is still alive. Sid pops up again. Um, and he's like, hey, you know, I'm going to use the last of my strength to uh, heat proof to insulate the Falcon. <laughs> so you can fly over uh, lava. I feel like that they could have just made the, since this is Golbez's ship and his ships have been flying through the lava. Yeah. Yeah. That's the game. They should have just like hand waved this, but they just wanted to let us know that Sid was still alive. So yeah. he didn't get too sad about his suicide bombing. Right. Um, <laughs> again, they, they grafted his face with Kiraja. It's fine. Yes. It's fine. Yep. Uh, rebuilds um, it into the, the last face he saw. <laughs> so before he died. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this opens up the underground for us a little bit. We can go, uh, to a couple of places. Uh, Kokel's forge, is down to the south, and so is Tomra, um, one of which is a place where uh, we're going to get uh, some powerful armor later on after doing a side quest. Um, and the other, Tomra, is just a town you can go to to get some uh, to get your lightning armor if you want. Yeah, and the, the lightning armor is better. Um, the underground is way smaller than the overworld. Yes. You know, so there's a couple things. But you're going to want to go do these, these dungeons um, because you need to be a certain level to make the sealed cave work. Right. So doing these dungeons kind of takes some of that sting away. Yeah. Um. And they're, they're good dungeons in general. Like they're, they're, there's a tedious gimmick uh, that I like less, but they're generally good. So let's yes. uh, let's chat about them. Let's do it. Um, so the yeah. Sylph Cave, uh, the floor here is acid. And so you have to cast Float uh, on every floor so that uh, you won't take damage just by walking. 
I, I just wish that didn't reset every floor. Yep. <laughs> like that's the, that's the thing that makes this kind of a chore because you're still exploring, like you're poking down diverticula, getting to the end and then turning back. Mm-hmm. So it just becomes this, like it becomes kind of annoying to do yeah. this. Yeah. Um, it's fine. It's not a big deal. And the dungeons, uh, this one and the next one are very similar mm-hmm. and they have, they're full of hidden passages, which is like the fun part. Right. Um, tons and tons of false walls that lead to like good and interesting treasure. Yes. Yeah. Um, I like the self cave a little bit less, uh, because of the presence of these evil dreamer enemies, uh, mm. which cast sleep, um, on most of your party and it succeeds a lot of the time. And, and, and sleep is not if, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but I'm pretty sure like sleep, like you don't wake up from being hit. It's just a status effect that just puts you out. You, you right? wake up from being hit. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, maybe I'm thinking some version of this, maybe it's the GBA version. Mm-hmm. Some version that's not true. Oh. Um, that I played. Like I've definitely played something in the Final Fantasy IV biome uh-huh. where getting hit does not wake you up from sleep. Oh geez, that'd be terrible. It might just be <laughs> enemies. Like you might mm. be able to put enemies to sleep and smack them. Um, oh, I don't yeah. know which which iteration of this it is. There are so many different Final Fantasy IVs, but yeah. in one of them that's the case, and it's like it makes this bot this enemy very very obnoxious. Yeah. As of now, it's still a very powerful status effect, and you can't like buy alarm clocks. Right. Um, the thing that cures your whole party so it just becomes about prioritizing those guys and trying to make sure they don't get get off the move right yeah so that's a bit of a bummer it just makes the fights take longer than they ought to um yeah but yeah you're finding some really good stuff down here i believe this is where you find the avenger uh which Mm. is a great sword for cecil um it uh, puts him in berserk yeah which uh, is a pro strategy for a lot of boss fights because cecil is always you know going to be most valuable when he's attacking just set him to auto attack and get that uh get that bonus damage yeah, he never actually becomes a great healer, right? Um, or anything. Even though the idea here is you you eventually get to the end of it and you find this cabin that is full of sylphs, uh, and these are the people who have rescued Yang. Yeah, um, Yang did not die. He got blown into this this place, <laughs> um, picked up by these sylphs, uh, who you can eventually come back here later. Um, you can't do it now, but we should just talk about it because yeah, yeah. Why bring up that tiny little bit? Um, <laughs> later you can go up talk to his wife. His wife says, "Oh, he's." recuperating fuck that <laughs> smack him in the face with this and this will wake him up and gives you a pan right. um to hit him in the head with uh, to wake him up uh-huh and uh you do so and then he is okay he doesn't rejoin you right but it does knock him out of the coma and the sylphs join you and you get a healing summon yeah which is uh very useful we're gonna get another one that's more useful but this one is yes. a reliable all party heal that also does a little bit of damage yeah it's a it's a drain yeah uh, attack um, yeah. yeah. And then you can also somewhere in there also go get this. I think if you go back to where again, you get the, uh, the spoon. Yes. Um, AKA the knife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Serves a similar purpose. I've it's tried, kind I've of see you play knifey spoonie before. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's, it, it's like the spife, the spork knife. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the other the other cave um, is a little bit longer because it leads to a whole other town. This is the passage of the Idolands. When you walk in here, Rydia says, hey, this is where I, you know, the, like this is the cave I passed through to come help you. Um, yeah. And she says, hey, we, sh- we should go toward the beginning of this and uh, find Leviathan and ask for help. Yes. 
Um, you kind of make your way through here. It's the same biome as the Sylph Cave uh, with the lava floors, um, but and, and more secret passages and kind of more complexity. Yeah. Um, but you make your way uh, through here. Um, you eventually get to the Fey March, which is where the Eidolons uh, live. It's not called the Fey March in this. I think it's called the Land of Summoned Monsters. Yeah, yeah. In the uh, Super Nintendo version, but it has the much more evocative name now. Mm-hmm. And this is a town full of like monsters that Rydia can summon, and they all love her. Yeah. <laughs> like she got to be the belle of the ball for the, the, those ten years. Yeah. She's their uh, she's their pet human. <laughs> so. yeah, absolutely, yeah. She's the mascot. Right. Uh, for this. Yeah. Uh, so you can go through. There's some items here. You, uh, notably, you find the rat's tail. Uh, which, you know, well, let's talk about that side quest here. You trade that for a piece of, um, adamantite or adamantine, mm-hmm. uh, which you can then, um, use at Kokel's Forge to reforge the Mythgraven sword into Excalibur, yes. uh, which ends up being the most powerful weapon for Cecil until you get the optional boss at the end of the game. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So for most playthroughs is going to be your, your main, your main weapon or your most powerful weapon. Yeah. Um, and that's also a callback to Final Fantasy one. Yes. Cause that was the treasure you had to go get to uh, make your guys grow tall. <laughs> um, the big thing you're doing here, um, is you're finding the king and queen, um, which are Ashura and, uh, Leviathan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you fight them as bosses in order to summon them. Right. They don't want to, you know, meddle with the affairs of the human world. Um, you know, you have to kind of prove your need. Yes. Uh, by by fighting them, mm-hmm. um, Leviathan is a less interesting boss fight. You fight it second, but there's mm-hmm. not anything to it. So, right, um, right. it's just a water elemental boss that can do big damage to everybody and is weak to lightning. Yes, um, Ashura is more interesting. Yes, um, another He-Man villain. <laughs> this is that, that He-Man uh, character whose face spins around. Mm-hmm. Manny faces. Yeah, man, yeah, that is it is his name, Manny faces. <laughs> I don't know if that was like that. That is his name, right? Like, yeah. You knew that. Yeah. Okay. I thought because it, it sounded like you were doing the, the laffy taffy riddle. Of, uh, of guessing it, but that is actually the character's name. Right. Yeah. No, I, I know things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so yeah, uh, this is, this is a, uh, an interesting fight. Uh, it is aided a lot by having Rosa no, um, reflect because mm-hmm. if you are attacking her with magic, um, she will, um, heal herself and then do a lot of damage to you. So you need to cast reflect on Asura, attack her physically. Um, and then just, you know, when her healing phase comes around, she will cast it on herself and that will reflect and heal your party. Yeah. She's kind of like a roulette. Like she does different things. Right. Um, beating her gets you the Ashura summon, which is a really good all party heal. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. A, th- a third of the time, other yeah, times it, it, uh, it, it uh, revives your, uh, you, yeah, revive is the third one in Asuna? It's a uh, protect, oh, is, protect uh, is the yeah. third one that, that, that feels like it doesn't proc as much. Uh, it also yeah. feels like because it's random, uh, it will do the revive when I have nobody dead, uh, and it will heal, uh, when it, when I won't benefit from that because everybody's, yeah. everybody's dead. Yeah. It's, um, protect and shell aren't very good in this game. No. It's kind of weird because you can, you can cast on the whole party right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. There's no shell to or protect to, but like they're, they're not actually useful. They barely, barely help. Right. Um, you want your, uh, you want your white mage, uh, to be doing slow, if anything. Yeah. Up, yeah. Um, cause slow is very powerful. Yes. Um, so you end up heading to the, uh, the sealed cave, um, which you want to get reflected before you get here. Yes. Um, this, uh, I mean, I've talked about this before. I feel like this is like padding because mm-hmm. the, the game, this is a very linear game. The game knows roughly what level you're going to be at by the time you can go to the sealed cave. Mm-hmm. And they can also control when you get spells. Right. So there is no reason not just to scale down, uh, either give you reflect earlier. You know, if they, if they wanted you to be at level 45 or whatever, at 30, uh, 30, 34, 34 to, uh, to fight this, like 
why do that? Why not just scale down the encounters to where you're fine at level 30 Mm -hmm. and keep it like a linear progression? Yeah. You know, it is an enforced little bit of grinding that is bald padding. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can, you can get through without it. Um, but it just, it's, it's so obviously the gimmick of this. The mimic Um, gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. It is, uh, it bums me out. Let's describe so. what, what, what actually uh, is happening here because, yes. uh, you're making your way through this and, you know, you're navigating by ropes. It's very similar to the Lodestone Cavern in that way. Um, there are these doors, um, some of which will open without incident, but other ones are trap doors. These are door mimics, um, that you, you know, encounter, like actually end up fighting them. Uh, sometimes they open up on the way forward. Sometimes they open up on treasure. Uh, frustratingly, um, a lot of the time they open up on nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, which is a, which is a weird weird choice, and you still want to fight them for experience because if you have reflect, they they are trivial. Right. Um, they have a move that targets an enemy, and then the enemy dies, and that's what they do. Right. Um, so once they target an enemy, you can cast reflect on them; it will bounce back. So this this is one of those things where it ends up becoming like, uh, if you don't have it, it's a huge pain in the dick. If you do have it, it's boring. Hmm. You know, like I don't think it's actually that exciting to fight these things when you have reflect. You know, you do it a lot. Yeah. Like how how many how many doors do you think are in this? Like eight or 15? nine. Fifteen? Oh, there's more than that. Like like so it's probably somewhere between. There's <laughs> a lot though. You do the same fight a bunch of times mm-hmm. uh in this. I, I I hate the sealed cave. I think the yeah. sealed cave is very bad. Yeah. Um the end boss of it is cool. It doesn't make up for the bad taste out of my mouth I have from the forty five minutes or so of grinding that I did to get yeah. into this. I don't know what I don't know what it is. I never end up having to grind for this. I mean, it has to be because it is like a very, you know, again, it's, it's controlled and linear. It has to be grinding that you did earlier in like little bits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, I don't, you know, I don't grind. So if I get to this point, I, I don't run either. Like, you know, my, my, like when I tend to play these games, I fight everything that comes and that's all I do. Right. You know, if I can get to, if I can beat the boss, I'm good enough. And that, that's kind of it. And I haven't had to grind for any boss up until this point. Yeah. You know, um, so just. Playing through fighting every encounter the game gives you with its algorithm will not get you at a decent, uh, a reasonable level for this. Yeah, the um the way that the uh the, the the failure mode for not having wall is pretty frustrating as well because it's not like it will keep on you know killing everybody in your party. What happens is it casts that and then it summons another enemy, this Manticore. Uh, this yeah. is a real bummer um because it's very tough and it has an attack called blaze that does a shitload of damage to everybody in your party so not only are you trying to revive um that person who 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 uh, was killed uh you end up having to you know really really engage rosa to heal and maybe even uh, ridia at this point uh to uh, to recover uh and take this thing out before it can get that off too many times yeah yep 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 um yeah this this whole thing bums me out like this is probably my least favorite moment in this game yeah. All together. And then it ends with another fucking cane betrayal. <laughs> like this game, this, it, it is, it is rapidly repeating tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the, you know, the descent into repetition that Final Fantasy IV does. That is a big bummer. Yeah. I think. And it, and it pulls up after this because you go to a different biome and stuff, but like it just, you know, like this, this is unquestionably a padded game. Yeah. For being as, as slight as it is, uh, the editor in me wants to cut <laughs> out a lot. Yeah. Of this. Um, you know, ultimately it's fine. Like that's 45 minutes. Like that's, you know, that's not a big deal. That that's one episode of a TV show. Mm-hmm. Right. And like you can, it's, it's mindless. You do it while literally, it is literally one episode of a TV show. Like <laughs> you watch something while doing it because it is, it is boring to do. 
Um, but it is, uh, I can't call it good design. No, no, no. It's bad. Like, it, it, you know, if you, if you have been running, if you get to this, um, and it doesn't communicate like that, that this thing is reflectable or wallable. So yeah. instead what it presents is this, um, kind of wake up call of difficulty. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't follow after this. Like, I mean, it does on the moon, but mm-hmm. there's still part like the rest of the time you spend on the land, like the boss is not so commensurately harder. Right. Or the thing, the other encounters you get up until the moon and the moon encounters are actually an order of magnitude even higher than that. Mm-hmm. You know, like the game wants you to grind from this point forward right. one way or another. Like you definitely get to encounters in the moon, like where I kind of stop that. That is the first place where I stop fighting things mm-hmm. because I just did this right, this grind here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I can get powerful enough to fight all of these encounters on the moon, but these are particularly like very harsh and I don't need to because the bosses don't really scale with them. Mm-hmm. You know, you end up with this weird thing where there's no variance here. The the developers had 100% complete control over like, or like very, very close to complete control over how strong you'd be mm-hmm. if you're, if you're not running. Um, so they could have made it like where it's like either scaling up to be able to uh, present, you know, a good fight with the random encounters is necessary for the bosses. Uh, so the bosses are actually tough or scale down the random encounters. So they're in line with the bosses. Yeah. It kind of becomes less of like a, a smooth curve, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. at this point forward, like what we're, what we're discovering and, you know, a lot of our complaints uh, last episode uh, kind of hinged on this as well, is that a JRPG like this lives and dies on its pacing, right? Like that is, yeah. that is, you know, the variable that you need to control for in order to, you know, in order, in order to make it feel like a good, friendly, uh, kind of experience and, you know, one that, uh, will, dr- will draw you through it as opposed to making you push your way through it, you know? It, it, and though the number one thing you can do to kind of improve that pacing, I think, is even though, you know, through the limitations of the system, you're never actually going to have that big of a variety of play, but you do little things to give you the illusion of the variety of play. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, you give like new, new biomes and new monsters and new kind of gimmicks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the game introduces those, but then it never really introduces one that it doesn't run into the ground. Right. You know, so like as much as it's interesting to fight that, you know, don't attack when its tail is up, do attack when its tail is up thing, they just reuse the same tricks a few too many times. Yeah. You know, to, to really like, you know, it, it harms the pacing. It makes yeah. us feel like a repetitive game. Yeah. Uh, when it, it's got um, a very, very saggy middle. It's a yeah. saggy, it touches the ground, I think. And not, and the frustrating thing is it's not really in terms of the grand story. Like I could use less edge and le- fewer heroic sacrifices, mm-hmm. but if you just look at this from story beats, it moves at a good pace. Right. It's, you know, it's this rising and falling, these little moments of triumph coupled with these like, you know, one step forward, two step back until you're on the brink of disaster. Mm-hmm. And then this, you know, deus ex moon uh, <laughs> comes through and kind of like fixes things, which like, because final fantasy stories don't know how to end, um, which, you know, I can't hold that against this. That's just kind of the series and the genre in a lot of ways. Yeah. But up until this point, it is like, a you know, there are lots of genuinely super cool moments, you know, mm-hmm. but like all of these games, once it loses, uh, narratively loses that sense of scale, it loses a lot. Yeah. You know, like the Lunarians are cool in this, but not as cool as going back to Baron and talking to the individual people in town who are weirded out mm-hmm. by their king. And like, oh, I haven't seen my dad in forever. Like, <laughs> right. you know, the king no longer appears in public. Right. Like that is a very cool, concrete detail that is a, like is the strength of this, mm-hmm. that it gives up in face of of being epic. And that's, that's such an endemic thing to the genre. 
Um, you know, so I can't really blame this, but it definitely affects my kind of play experience here. So, yeah. and it's interesting too, because we're, we're going to get into the, the after years, uh, in, in a week. And that has a totally different, like that doesn't happen with that. Like, I think that actually the, st- like it does, it's not always successful, but when it's, uh, it does concentrate on personal stakes and stuff for the most part. Yes. And then the, the, you know, my, my bug to bear with that is that like, I've already done the, the, the sealed or the waterway passage. Yeah. You've already done so much of it all, you know, already. Yeah. yeah. And, and you do it not only again in that game, but again and again in that game. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's trying to stop me from getting to the cool parts yeah. of it. So there, it's like a study in two pacing issues, mm-hmm. uh, here. Yeah. Um, and this is where it begins. I think if only like, this had, is the beginning of the end. If only they had their, their powers combined. Yeah. 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 And then minus, uh, you know, I don't know, 70% of the, the dungeon content. Like mm-hmm. it is just made out 70%, but like really, really stop making me re- go through these dungeons again. Yeah. Yeah. Stop being you know? like a cell phone game. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, well, yeah. So it, it is this, for me, this is the beginning of the end of final fantasy four. And like the really interesting things there are narrative things that happen here that are very cool mm-hmm. uh, from this point on, but it, there's also narrative things that are duds. And, uh, there are, I can't say dud now without thinking of that. You got the dud. Um, (laughs) like I just, like when I just, like when I just said there are narrative things that are duds, I just imagine Cecil doing that slow smile. (laughs) Stick up for yourself. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it is, there are cool things to get from here, but I think this is where the game falls down for me. Yeah. Um, or starts to. So I'm, I'm generally sunnier on it is, 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 is my problem. So I mean, it's not, it's not a problem. You know, it's, it's, it's fine to, to be generally, generally sunnier on it. I think that like, this is, this is a weird, like, I'm glad that we did this, but the game unquestionably was better in my memory than it was in my hands. Yeah. Like for me, it was not something that, uh, benefited from being revisited. Hmm. Like I could have just stood to remember these plot points without actually being on the ground yeah. dealing with them, I think. Yeah. And for, and for me, it's comfort food. So, yeah. And, you know, it, it has remained that way for me while still like, you know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm noticing that stuff, but that is, that is more intellectual as opposed to, as, a, as opposed to having that really like be a drag on my experience. Right. Uh, an emotional thing. Like you're getting an emotional comfort from this that I'm not. Right. You know, because like it's, it's weird because the, the best case scenario for me when we go back and revisit something that I'm nostalgic for is that I am impressed by it. Uh-huh. You know, like that, that's what I want. Like I, if, if my goal would be not to be, and I'm not saying this is a qualitative, qualitative thing. I don't even think that that, what you're saying is reflective of your general critical approach. Right. I think this is, this is a, a, an exception. You know, this is the, uh, the killing, you know, the killing name, right. You know, for you, but like, I want to go back. So like when we went back to final fantasy six, which was a game that I really loved, Mm -hmm. like the second half, that kind of like second world thing was like blew my mind when I was young. And as an adult, I'm like, this is actually incredibly cool. Unquestionably. like, yeah, this is very, very neat. This is more impressive to me now that I am an adult, mm-hmm. uh, not not less impressive. Yeah. You know, whereas some of the tricks that this does now are less impressive than when I was a kid. Yeah. So still like good game. Like it's still, you know, like I, I still really like this game. It's just mm-hmm. like I don't I don't think I think it's uneven, mm-hmm. you know, no, I, I wouldn't disagree with that no. one bit. So um, and, and like as we mentioned, it begins here. So you do that. You fight those those door mimics. Somewhere between eight or nine and 15 times. <laughs> um, eventually you get down to the end. There are like ropes, which I guess is the, the kind of, you know, I guess it's not a gimmick, but like that's what they have instead of stairs here. Right. Um, head down to the bottom and fight the actual, uh, you grab the crystal 
which is fine. Mm-hmm. But then a defense mechanism, like a closing wall, kind of kicks in. Yeah, we don't have any you- children to sacrifice to save us. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, where, why isn't anyone throwing themselves at uh, Rydia is there to prevent people from heroic sacrificing. Any takers? So, any takers? Yeah. Um, and you fight this, uh, the demon wall. Yes. Um, this is a fight that will be repeated, um, throughout the series. Like we, you know, we see, we see this in Final Fantasy VII as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a very tense fight. Um, again, yeah. this is one that, uh, looms large in my memory as being, um, you know, very anxiety provoking for a young Cole. Um, the way that this articulates, we have the, uh, we have the wall at the far left side of the screen. And as time goes by, it will, um, kind of ratchet forward. Um, and as it gets closer to your party, it does more damage, uh, and attacks more quickly. So it, you know, is to your benefit to take it out as quickly as possible. And this is a fight that is all about doing as much damage, uh, as you can before that can happen. Additionally, it will rapidly petrify your party. So you are yeah. trying to, uh, fight against a couple of different tides that are constricting around you. Yeah. It tries to slow you down. You really want to slow it down. Right. Like slow, slow is your, is your friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in, on this fight. So yeah, it's a real DPS race. Like this is a good boss fight. As I mentioned, it doesn't justify the stuff that came before it to me, but it is a good boss fight. Yeah. Um, it is a unique gimmick, like that kind of, you know, putting some time on the clock, um, is a, is a new thing for them to introduce. Right. Um, you can't teleport out of here, which is your signal that there's going to be some plot bullshit. <laughs> right. And, and Gulp is like, you get out of here and Gulp, this is all part of his like 12th dimensional chess because he just can take over Kane whenever he wants, mm-hmm. apparently. Um, and just takes over Kane, which nobody can fight him. Like, you know, nobody can st- like, this isn't the time you summarily execute Kane. Could cut off his um, legs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, don't, you like literally don't have to, you know, take out his knees, you know, like you don't have to, uh, literally Kane. kill him. Hobble yeah. Kane. Please, please misery Kane. Like, <laughs> do you read Sutter Kane? Have you, have you sundered Kane? Um, like there's just, there would have been like, this is, this is silly to me too. Yeah. That they just let him do it. Right. He's not Edge. Like, he doesn't sneak it. He just says, I'm taking this now. And everyone's like, oh, shit, okay. Kane, no. Yeah, please please don't. Please no takey. Like, and just, uh, nope, I'd rather do it. So I'm going to (laughs) go. I decided this is what I want to do. Yeah, this is where, this is the direction I want to go in with my life. I'm going to go start a solo project. Like, (laughs) time to go with me and my crystal. Uh, I mean, I get that the plot that Golbez had to get all the crystals. Right, right. You know, but it, it is just like, it just keeps happening. Like, <laughs> um, it keeps happening with Kane. Yeah. Specifically, again, because of this, because of this love triangle wedge that he has. Yes. Um, and not the love triangle wedge between Biggs. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 you know, and I don't know, Rydia. Yeah. I just, um, so, uh, you go back to Jihad to tell you you fucked up. Like, <laughs> Oops. Like, come and cap in hand to this guy and just be like, listen, we keep fucking up. Like, we're awful. Quit trusting us. Send the dolls. Um, and he says, well, you know, we're, we're super fucked unless, uh, the Mysidian legend is true. Um, you have to go to Mysidia and talk to the elder there. Hey, remember earlier when you found out there were more crystals? Um, yeah. <laughs> just keep coming. Yeah. Just keep um, coming. Just keep coming. Yeah. Um, and so like, he's like, oh, there, there was a legend of a place of a tower of peril. Like, oh, Mysidia, wait, Mysidia is real. Um, and that's the, uh, that's the idea. Uh, Sid, he's got one last project in him. Um, and he decides yeah. we're going to affix a drill so that you can burrow your way out of the underground. Out of the, uh, the thing that I blew up. Right. You know, so like after I caved it in, we want you to be able to, to get out. Boy, in retrospect, it maybe seems hasty <laughs> to irrevocably uh, like close this off, uh, in a moment of premeditated panic. Yeah. Um, 
So uh, he gives you a drill so you can go back to the surface. Um, this is your free time, as we mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about getting Excalibur. We talked about going and getting the kitchen knife and the self-summon. Um, there's one other thing. There's the mystery of what happened to the king. Yes. Of Baron, which like I'm kind of surprised they actually close that up, but they do. Mm-hmm. So if you go, there's a, a hallway that you've been kept out of before if you've been exploring the castle. Um, in the basement of one of the towers, uh, you find a second throne. Um, I mm-hmm. guess this is where he was interred. Um, regardless, his spirit is down here and he speaks to Cecil saying, Hey, um, you know, this is what happened to me. You know, I, I am the true king. Um, and he has ascended and become an idol and decides to again test you and becomes Odin, who you have to fight. Yes, which is a badass sprite. Yep. I uh, was a cool warrior with antler, horn, you know, horned helmet, and uh, he's on a horse. Yeah. And his whole thing is a timer as well. So he counts down, if I recall. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, he counts down because Odin is the instant death summon. Right. Uh, which more or less means you shouldn't use it because most enemies <laughs> are immune. Right. But that's what he does. Yeah. Um, it, it implies that you have to use lightning to uh, get an instant kill. I don't believe you can do that here. I think you can only do that with Lunar Odin later in the, uh, yeah. the bonus content. Yeah. yeah. It's a, either an air or just like a translation thing or a red herring. Right. But if you beat him, you get the Odin summon. Um, just so to, to prevent us from getting emails, if in case anyone knows about this, there's those weird like side summons you can get that enemies sometimes drop. Yes, like you can summon a goblin, or I believe you can summon a basilisk or a cockatrice. Yes, yeah, or uh, a mind flayer, not basilisk. It's a cockatrice, a goblin, and a mind flayer. I think. Hmm. Um, it's weird though. Like, what a weird because it's such a rare chance of happening. Like, that that caused that was like my equivalent of playground rumors as far as reviving Forum <laughs> and Palum. Right. Like where somebody would talk about, like, yeah, like I, I can summon a mind flare. I'm like, no, you can't. Where do you get the mind flare? <laughs> like, I don't really remember where I got it, but I can do it. And I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? You know, <laughs> um, they're not useful. No, they're just this real weird little flavor detail. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's kind of neat because you get it from defeating enemies. Mm-hmm. You know, which is how you actually get the the plot summons as well. Yeah, that's kind of how they sneak in a blue mage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. That's a good way to put it. Like, yeah. it's a it's a tiny, 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 tiny speck of blue mageness. Yeah. Um, so we're off to uh, to Mysidia. Um, the elder is praying in the tower. He says, it's time to raise the lunar whale. What? <laughs> yeah. well, wait a minute. A lunar whale is in play? Yeah. I should have known that there is a, like, there's a real like lack of Chekhov's lunar whale, um, <laughs> which causes a gigantic uh, whale to come out of the ocean. Yeah. Which is now your ultra, like ultimate airship. Yeah. Um, so it's a spaceship that is uh, shaped vaguely like a whale. You go inside, it has these sleeping pods in it, um, and you also have, uh, I guess this is where Fat Chocobo has always lived. Uh, you have just summoned him from the bottom of the ocean using your uh, Gasol greens. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, if you touch the crystal at the center of this, it will take you to the moon. Yes. Um, you know, cool music. Cool music when you have like, the lunar wheel theme is uh, is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, In general, this is a neat kind of moment that is also super silly yes like you know to go get those crystals but it's still a cool thing and going to the moon like i hadn't played fantasy star at this point so i was really impressed by the idea of going to another planet yeah you know um, and the transition uses um mode seven to very good effect yeah, yeah. I mean, as you as you make your approach and the moon gets bigger and bigger yep yep yep
yeah, so so we we head to the lunar surface. We're on the moon, which is a, a third yet a third overworld map that's uh, even smaller. Yeah, but very cool, like totally different enemies, different music, different biome. I, I love this music. It's um, real good. The, kind of the kind of the, the strange spacey echoing. Yeah, there's actually kind of a quote of this um, in Final Fantasy VIII. I want to say there's a there's a weird kind of spacey song that's like I generally don't think that soundtrack is very good, but mm-hmm. there is a, a a song that uh, also plays with these same kind of. Oh yeah, it's songs. like the Lunatic Pandora thing, like yes. in that weird section of the game that concerns itself with space and the moon. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> which I yeah is uh, <laughs> um, in that game where you go to space and the moon for no real like great reason has something to do um, with uh with laguna yeah yeah i don't uh i it's hard for me to recall um but the uh yeah that, that is a, a similar theme to this um and this is this is a great this is good good use of music to feel alien yes um there are only a couple of places of interest here so you're gonna kind of you know be drawn to those yeah uh you can go to the hummingway abode um <laughs> so the naming way character that you've seen uh, who in the original SNES version would let you change your character's names. Um, he is actually from the moon. He is of this, of this species, most of which walk around and do this jaunty little hum, but others, uh, will sell you kind of, you know, expensive S tier, um, healing items. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, the other thing you're doing is heading towards this, uh, this, this crystal tower that you can see. Um, we go through some, some caves to get there. Yeah. Uh, if I recall. Yeah. And, and then there's uh, these very bizarre enemies, these, you know, prokaryotes, like gigantic single celled organisms and, uh, like black yeah. flans, um, that, uh, are resistant to most things. Yeah. It's, they're hard yeah. too. Like these are, these are hard, uh, enemies. There's, um, the very first cave you go to, um, I think on the right, there's a monster in a box as soon as you go in. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, I can't remember what the encounter is, but it's very devastating. Like, yeah. It, it, you can, you know, up until this point, random encounters have not been much of a thing. Right. And all of a sudden, like, this is actually very difficult. Yes. Um, so you get to this uh, this crystal tower um, where you find this old Lunarian. Uh, these are people who live on the moon. Uh, whose name is uh, Fusoya. Mm-hmm. Fusoya. Fusoya. Um, which uh, always seems to me like it, it reminds me of that the magician who did the racist uh, character study learned all of his magic from fooling you. This. Um, I think I've told you that before. Like, that's what this reminds me of. I'm like, why? What is up with this naming convention for this Lunarian? The other one's called Golbez. Um, so. uh, we, we don't know that yet. Well, I guess this is where we learn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe we learn it later on. Yeah. Uh, Regardless of which we know it. So. Yeah, yeah. We, we yeah. know we know it, so we can't pretend not to. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, here, what he kind of says is like, hey, nephew, what up? Oh, right. Didn't I tell you you're half Lunarian? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what, what do you like? And this is not me trying to put you into a trap, right? Like this is as much as it may seem like this is not an adversarial podcast. Cause I, I like this game a lot. What do you think of this? This like Cecil is actually from the moon turn. I mean, at the time I was like, okay, I'll go with it. Now that I know, you know, like I, I know what Lunarian means in this. It's not like they are spacemen. They are just a species, uh, you know, like a, a civilization of like ultra powerful wizards who happen, you know, to travel using this, you know, um, planet that, that happens, you know, that, that, that's like a ship. It's a vessel. Um, the, the way the Lunarians articulate is, you know, Cluia had gone down, you know, to the planet Earth and like lived among them and actually like brought magic and brought airships and stuff, you know, along with that. Um, I think it's fine. Yeah. You know, as long as you don't like treat them as like spacemen, 
uh, this feels like it fits in with the whole technology and magic coexisting uh, kind of side of this. It, it it feels to me like, and this is this isn't anything I noticed in, in a playthrough, but like if I, it feels like the ultimate kind of fuck you to the the grounded. Like this is the beginning of the fuck you to the grounded nature of this. Hmm. Like Cecil, like Cecil's arc as a a man who is flawed and redeems himself doesn't to me doesn't need him having special magic blood and being for, descended from, you know, these uh ultra powerful like progenitor races. Yeah. You know, I, I think it kind of undercuts the humanity of Cecil quite a bit. Yeah. He was um he was always part of the prophecy though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I got I guess so, like, so. That, that, like, that, that that takes away from like the the fuck you-ness of this for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I can see it. I just, I, I like his arc as, as a man, you know, oh, yeah. like, yeah. I, you know, similar to, do I, was, do I was talking about the sealed cave? Like, I, I feel like this game is at strongest when it's grounded. Yeah. Um, and this is about as ungrounded as you can get. <laughs> yeah. This, you know? this man, he was mostly beard saying, what up, fam? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's a weird sprite. Um, he joins your party and when he dies, he melts. <laughs> he just leaves behind weird. his beard. Yeah. yeah. Extremely, extremely weird. Yeah. <laughs> So he joins you. He also tells you, and this is where we're introduced to um, the real evil actor in all of this is uh, Lunar uh, Zemus, this one yes. Lunarian who refused to sleep. Basically, they planted the seeds of technology and magic, hoping that the people of the Blue Planet would rise to the level where they could coexist with the Lunarians. Uh, Zemus, however, you know, doesn't want to sleep, doesn't want to go into hibernation, wants to live off of this moon, and his goal is to raise the earth and claim it for the Lunarians. He's this kind of extremist person. Um, and so, you know, Fusia put him to sleep and used the crystals to set the seal. However, um, Zemus continues to dream and reach out with his mind and control people, you know, from his dormant state. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, um, so that's what's going on. That's our, that's, that is our, our, our info dump. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so we learn about, uh, this, this giant of Babel, uh, that is a, a creature that, uh, is part of this plan. Um, Cecil's father, Clulie, which you mentioned, and says, like, hey, I want to help you stop Golbez from activating this giant of Babel that is this apocalypse weapon. Mm-hmm. That's going to do that. Um, there's a side quest you can do here to get a one last summon. Yeah. Um, this is called the Lair of the Father. Yes. The Father being Bahamut, you know, the, the, <laughs> apparently the moon dragon. Yes. The uh, moon dragon that is the father of all the, the, the earth summons. Right. Um, and so you go through this difficult dungeon that has these kind of appointed stops to fight behemoths. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very difficult. Uh, it's helped by the fact that you do have, uh, Fusaya here. He's a very, uh, capable caster. Uh, he has all of the highest level white and black magic spells. Yes. And he has this, um, ability which, uh, like puts regen on your entire party. Which is generally not worth using. Right. I found. Like, he can, you would rather just have him heal. Like, regen is too slow. Yeah. Um, yeah. This uh this dungeon is very hard. Mm-hmm. Um as we mentioned, uh but you know, so we're gonna kinda get through it in one sentence, but it does take take some time to get through it. Yes. So um at the center you find Bahamut and says, like, all right, I'm gonna help you, but as always, you have to fight me to prove you're worthy. Yes. Um, um and it's a countdown. He counts on from five where he's gonna cast Mega Flare. Yeah. Fuck you up. <laughs> and so what you need to do, you know, you have Fusaya and you have Rosa here. You have to get off as many, um, reflects, as many walls, um, as you, as you can in order to make sure when he fires off his mega flare, they will bounce back and not kill your party. So it is the difference between 
having this huge aid um, and doing damage to him or having a total party wipe. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is a, uh, this game does not have re-raise. No, it. no, it has yeah, a rise, it, but that's it. That's yeah, that, like, it has, Rosa has, doesn't has, like, have Life two. Yeah. yeah. Not, not life three or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, which would have been the, uh, the thing that would have, uh, also taken care of this. Yeah. If you want to do it that way. Um, but you beat him, you get, uh, Bahamut, which is a very strong summon. Like, that's what, uh, Rydia is going to be doing during the last fight. Yes. Um, so you head back to Earth, uh, and, uh oh, too late. The giant of Babel is already walking around. <laughs> yeah. Um, but all of the kingdoms on Earth have risen against it, and it's kind of in a, you know, in a, in a spot. Yeah, it's in a, this, this holding pattern. And it cuts around like it's kind of heartwarming. We see all of the, uh, you know, party members that we've lost along the way who are contributing mm-hmm. to the battle in their own, in their own kind of sense. So like Sid is leading the airships. Uh, we have Yang, uh, you know, along with the Sylphs, um, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Cool. Have you written a grosser line in a show note? In this, uh, <laughs> the second note here for the Giant of Babel? <laughs> I mean, like we've talked about some pretty gross games. Yeah, this just as one uh, one single sentence Paul has written here, we deploy into its mouth. Yeah, we um, do. De- deploy is a really good term for coming. <laughs> like I'm going to start using deploy. Oh boy, uh, uh, I'm gonna, I'm like, gonna, I'm gonna deploy. Yeah, like where would you like? Where should I like? like you, you go and you go on a date and it's like hot and heavy, but you know you're it, you're not. Quite, you, you like, haven't established the terms. You haven't established the terms, and it's like, you know, where should I deploy? <laughs> you know, like uh, so he, yeah. when it comes to the giant of Babel, he wants you to deploy in his mouth. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, so, you, so you do. He's down. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is a slightly different biome. Uh, it's very similar to the Tower of Babel, but we see more kind of moving parts in the background. Um, I like this because, you know, like we are in its mouth. You know, we, we, we drop off from the airship as plenty as that is. But like you go down the esophagus, like you're in the stomach. The layout of the rooms that you're in roughly matches the description that you're given, you know, of yeah. the room when you walk in. Yeah. Yep, so yep. It's a real uh, Mario world from um, Super Mario Land 2. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. Um, so you eventually, um, as you're making your way through, uh, you do a boss fight where all the elemental archfeeds come back. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't, like, they're all pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember so, bouncing off of this real hard. In fact, I got, like, one of the only times I got in trouble for swearing, I got super mm-hmm. angry because, like, oh, my gosh, I have to fight all these guys again? Not understanding it was just one boss that cycled through uh, the different attack modes and the sprites. I walked out like, Cole, why are you so angry? I'm like, oh, I was because of the four freaking fiends is what oh, I said. Geez. And I'm like, Cole, do you know what freaking means? Like, I don't know. I just, I just, I think <laughs> I heard it on the you? Simpsons. <laughs> it's like, you're, it's not the same as fuck, mom. You, you basically said the F word and like, I got in trouble. I think I was, I, I was more in trouble for being mad at a video game, I think, than yeah, for saying what I did, but it was easier for them to communicate. Oh, you said a bad word. I remember that too. I remember having, uh, like when I was a kid, like my mom being like, I shouldn't say dang because it means damn. And I'm like, why are you trying to take away this is take away language from me? Like this, <laughs> that's such an, I'm not, again, I'm not putting my mom or your mom on serious right. blast, but it's such an insidious thing to be like, you can't even use the, the gentle version. Like don't feel hard, <laughs> you know, like don't, don't ever use something like a, a modifier to describe how you feel. Right. You know? Um, it, it is a weird thing. Uh-huh. Like, dang, everybody should just comes with dang. Like, yeah, ship out of the know, box. Yeah, everybody gets dang. Dang is a freebie. Everybody, <laughs> it's the free square in the middle. Everybody gets dang. Everybody gets freak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I turned out okay. 
No, you're I mean, you're fine. Like I said, I'm not seriously putting putting her on blast. No, it's no, just I'm like just, it it feels insidious to me in a weird way. Yeah, uh, but it, like most of most of my friends and even like my younger family members are not as hard on swearing as as things happened when I grew up. Right. My, mm. like my, my, my niece, Chris is good. Like she is very good about creatively using language. She is sheepish about swearing, but she knows when to do it and when not to. Yeah. I think that that is for, for me, it's been a valuable skill to have. So it's good to see her have that as well. Yeah. It's, it's not that I, I think that a kid should just be like dropping F-bombs all the time. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it necessarily matters if they do, but I also right. don't think it's like I'm in favor of that. Right. It's just like not being able to say like, like not being able to accomplish the function of a swear. Right. You know, which is like, there's, there's, you know, there are books about it. Like it is, yeah. it is a thing that you do for a reason. It's not masturbatory. Like I always roll my eyes when people are just like, Oh, it is, it means you're unimaginative or it means, you know, like, it, like swearing belies blank. Right. And it's like, no, this is like an evolutionary thing that, you know, people go to school to study. Like this is a real need that has always been part of language. And yeah. like, is universal. Like this goes to all other cultures. Like this is very much part of the human experience. Mm -hmm. You know, it is a silly thing to take out to rally against. I think, yeah, yeah. again, not putting my mom or your mom on blast. No, just no. Like, I think, I think a lot of people who, who are roughly our age had a very similar experience. Yeah. You know? I think so too. Yeah. It is weird. Yep. Um, yeah. So these dang four fiends, these heckin' <laughs> fiends, uh, they, uh, they do one last little fight just to remind you of how cool they are, but right. it's, Pretty much, uh, you know, a, a trivial. Yeah, they, they uh, don't have any of their defensive abilities. Um, yeah. it, it's literally just one enemy that cycles through the sprites and the attack patterns. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is just kind of run up to the the actual real fight um, is to fight this orb. <laughs> um, which this is actually a tough fight. Yeah. Uh, the CPU. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is the uh, the CPU that has an attendant um, defense node and attack node, um, similar to the to, to the bacon fight. Um, and a couple mm -hmm. of these other ones that have, that have ads. If you take out the ads, if you take out the defense and attack node at the same time, uh, you're in a world of shit. Uh, because not only will the CPU revive them, uh, at full health, but it will use this, um, attack called object 199 that will do, you know, maximum dam damage to somebody in your party. Just take them out. Right. Right. It, it's kind of a combination of the two different boss wrinkles, like the ad and then the training you not to do something. Right. Through a counter. Once you know not to do that, it's not actually that bad. And you can take out one of them. Mm -hmm. So, like, one of them, I think, does um, elemental attacks on you. The other one heals. Yeah, always take so out the take, heal. Yeah. yeah, take out the healer and you're, you're okay. Right. Um, this is yeah. a cool, big, impressive sprite. Like, it's animated so that it rotates. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't know if it was always that, if it always did that. It does it in the, the PSP version, it, though. It, it does in the SNES version. Oh, gotcha. It's, yeah. It's neat. Yeah. Um, you fight it. Uh, eventually kill it. Golbez pops up. And uh, Usoya, uh uses his magic to make Golbez remember who he really is. Yeah. Oh, um, so gosh, Golbez, the, the hatred, the anger. Yes. Yeah. Leaves him because mind control has been at play. Golbez is not actually a villain. Um, he's actually Kluya's son, mm -hmm. um, which means that he's Cecil's brother. Yeah. And Cecil does not know how to process this. Yes. Yeah. Like he's uh, just he just kind of like freezes up. He's like, he's my brother. He's my, you know, my own flesh, flesh and blood. Um, you know, and, and Cecil's like, wait a minute, like I could just have easily have been chosen as, as you. And Golbez was chosen because he has the seeds of evil in him. There's more backstory to Golbez that is revealed in the DS version. There are these scenes where, um, we see Cecil growing up, 
um, you know, as Kluya's son. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, Golbez's real name is Theodore. And, you know, their mom, uh, what, I guess Cecilia, died in childbirth uh, as, as Cecil was being born. And so, like, this seed of resentment uh, in Golbez caused him to be, you know, and that plus his Lunarian blood caused him to be, you know, the uh, prime suspect for this, the prime target for Zemus's mind control. And so, like, that was the thing that brought this out. There's also the idea, um, like, the, the, the origin for Golbez's name relates to, the, strangely, this uh, kind of folktale that comes from, I believe, Poland, that the idea is that uh, like the Golbez is this kind of demonic fly that is born from the corpse of a dragon. Mm. Um, and so, like, it was like the Golbeza or something like that. And when you have um, these, you know, these ideas that like, oh, you know, one born from a dragon. Well, that prophecy equally applies to Golbez because he is also, you know, born from Kluya, that he is, you know, that, that he comes from that side of that. Um, and they even like in some of the uh, um, after years dialogue and even here um, say like, oh, you're nothing but a fly, you know, born from a corpse. So that is a little bit of that backstory dump. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, it ends up being kind of a weird thing. Like this, this is to my mind, the Ur Final Fantasy, like the villain you thought you were facing is not the real villain mm-hmm. thing. Um, I don't, I don't think Zemus is that interesting. Right. You know, like in, in general, like Zemus isn't a character. Uh, Zemus is evil. Golbez is a little bit more so. Yeah. One. It's kind of nice that he fights with you. It's not just a pure, like, I'm going to move aside so you can fight the real villain. Right, right. So it's not quite just that. Yeah. Uh, but some of this stuff falls pretty flat for me. Yeah. Like some of this cosmology stuff I don't think is, is particularly cool. Yeah. Um, mostly because of the weakness of Zemus, um, as a character. Yeah. And I'll go in for it. I think it's, I think it's, uh, pretty dumb what happens with him where he becomes just the emotion of hate. Like I prefer him just as this, uh, plotting and scheming moon sorcerer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it, it's very much like, you know, just the, like Zemus is, is not, is no great shakes to me. And then Zeromus is worse. Right. You know, it, it's like, it just, you know, but this is when the, every time we complain about this in a, in a game, when it, you know, it happens in Suikoden, like whenever it happens, like it's actually just an elemental force that stands in for an emotion or a concept mm-hmm. instead of the character you've been dealing with. Like, this is the first example that I know of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like becoming Zemist, like that's, that's what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it ties into the main character um, in a way that's slightly more interesting. Like, it's not the worst possible version of that. It's not Final Fantasy nine. But it's, uh, you know, it's kind of middling to me. Right, right. Um, you know. Um, so the idea is, uh, so after this point, um, after Golbez wakes up, him and Fusoya um, head off to stop Zemus by themselves. So Fusoya leaves your party. Um, but they leave you where the giant is collapsing. Right. <laughs> um, around you. And without Golbez being there, Kane comes around and joins you again and is not summarily executed. <laughs> um, and uh, you escape. And we kind of deal with the fact that he's not executed (laughs) a little bit you know you escape into the lunar whale and he says like okay if that happens again cut me down um (laughs) why didn't you say that one of the previous five times that happens yeah it's a you know you get a lot of chances yeah um 
Uh, so and, and Rose is like, no, he didn't know. Like Rosa is a gentle soul. And then the sexism squad pops out and says like, hey, just the men folk are going to the moon to deal with this. You women folk get to stay at home. Even though one of you like literally uh, controls eldritch beings from beyond the stars. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and the other person is the only re- like can literally bring people back from the dead. Right. Um, the men don't need you. Nope. We're heading off to go do men stuff. <laughs> like. Real weird. It's real. It's real kind of shitty. Uh, but yeah. they stow away anyway. And they get to the moon and are like, well, I guess we don't have a choice. You're coming along anyway. Yeah. yeah I guess since you're here, we'll come and protect you. And it's like, no, these guys are going to, you know, how damage out heal you like at every, every turn more or less between the two of them. Yeah. So, um, this is your chance to go to the moon or unless you're playing, uh, unless you are playing the, uh, the GBA or PSP version when you can go do some optional content. Uh, this episode is running long, so there's not a lot, there's not an awful lot of reason to go into as much detail about the Cave of Trials. Um, but <laughs> suffice to say, these two versions let you go back to the Tower of Prayer and a handful of the, um, allies that you've had, um, before. You can actually swap them out and into your party. So you don't just have to run with the canonical five. You can and should replace Edge with Yang. Yeah. For yeah, example. Yang, Yang is, or arguably Purim. Mm hmm. You know, like if you want a second healer, like if that's the, the strategy you want to do, but you definitely don't want edge. Um, you know, if you in, have him throw his spoon at Bahamut and then move on. Right, right. Um, and you go, you kind of go through these, uh, you bring them through these dungeons and do these kind of optional bosses. Right. Um, there's another set of challenge dungeons as well. Yes. Um, after the boss. Um, I didn't do the optional content in these, these playthroughs. Like I still had 30 hours of the after years staring yeah, at me. So yeah. I did all the optional um, content in this. Um, I read about the, uh, the challenge dungeon stuff, um, yeah. in after years because I'd done that before. So yeah. And there's a lot of it. Like yeah. between these two games, we're looking at something like 18 challenge dungeons, mm-hmm. uh, which is more than I want to do. Right. Right. Um, so, and it, it, you know, to be like, just to, to say a general, like kind of fair thing, like I'm complaining about the lack of variety in these dungeons, like the challenge dungeons tend to be a little bit more interesting. Mm hmm. You know, like they, they actually do kind of bring up either new ideas or kind of gimmicks to them. Yeah. For the most part, and especially in after years, they do that. So like to its credit. Yeah. yeah. It just becomes one of those, like it's too little too late. It's a lot. Yeah. 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 It ends up being a lot with how much kind of oatmeal I'm going to eat. Yeah. Um, on my way there. So mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I reading about them. I didn't feel like I lost very much. Right. Right. So. So yeah, it's, it's, it's worth being fair there. Um, yeah. what you're doing and you, here. Okay. And the reason you do it, it's weird because they feed into themselves as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like you do the cave of trials here to get these ultimate weapons in order to be stronger, to beat the game, but you can beat the game with the base party. So you're really doing it in order to beat the other optional dungeons. Right. Right. Like it's really like just getting powerful enough to do the thing that will make you slightly more powerful to, eh? <laughs> you know, there's, there's not really an end game for that. There's like, not like a multiplayer component. There's nothing you're really bringing this on to. Right. Right. You know, you're, you're just doing it because you want to. Yeah. You're just helping to catch up these other, uh, these other, these other characters. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, but yes, you know, there, there are a couple of unique sprites in this. Like I think the storm dragon's unique. I think the death machine is unique. It brings up the, uh, what is it? The, you know, o- Omega weapon kind of, uh, mm. kind of sprite, which is kind of cool. But otherwise, you know, you're just getting up to normal. Yeah. And really, you're, you you know, you can just take a, a beeline to kind of the final dungeon. Yeah, yeah. Um, the lunar subterrain. Yes. Um, so you get here through the Crystal Palace. You know, the crystals have decided to open the way. Uh, interesting, you, you can talk to them um, mm-hmm. and get a little bit of wisdom about the Lunarians and stuff. Um, but they teleport you down below the surface um, to this massive dungeon. I think it's like 13, 15 floors 
uh, something like that. And it's full of tough enemies and good loot. But that's all there is to be said because, like, you know, again, moment to moment, it's still a Final Fantasy IV-ass dungeon, um, aside yeah. from these special bosses that you fight at these shrines. Yes, uh, what you're doing to get uh, final weapons for the canonical five. Yes. Um, yeah, so let's kind of, kind of briefly go through them. They, there's not a lot of new tricks to these guys either. Right. Like there's some, but for the most part, again, it's those those couple different gimmicks I mentioned kind of remixed. Right. You know? So, so like, one of the first ones you get to um, is uh, a ninja sword, the Murasame, uh, that is guarded by the white dragon. Um, and this is a quake boy. Um, you know, he thinks that, uh, that Doom is outmoded by that point. Um, yeah, too and... colorful. <laughs> Give me the browns. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the trick here is just to make sure that you're floating. Why not? Yeah. Yep. And it ends up being like pretty easy if you, you can do that. This gives you the uh, the mirror same. Yes. Yeah. Um, you can fight Dark Bahamut, uh, who is actually incredibly tough mm-hmm. um, there. Does the same thing that regular Bahamut does, but much faster. Yeah. And uh, kind of does like other, it has more attacks, but mostly it's this countdown yeah. to like mega, mega flare. Yes. Um, beating him gives you Ragnarok. Yeah, the sword. Yes. Uh, used to be the crystal sword in the SNES version that always throws me off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Dark Bahamut. Made in is, line with the rest of the series. Yeah. Dark Bahamut is no joke. Uh, I think that's probably the hardest enemy in the game, uh, pre challenge stuff for mm. me. Um, down deeper, uh, you find like this row of rooms, uh, one of which contains the plague horror. Which is, you know, a floating eye, like evil eye, Ariman kind of, uh, kind of guy, which puts a doom countdown on the entire party. Mm-hmm. Um, and then cast haste on you. Yep. So you <laughs> can fight faster, but also the countdown goes down yeah. quicker. This is cool. I like this a lot. Yeah. What, what ends up happening, like, I mean, it's cool. It ends up being trivial because when he puts the doom, or at least in the Super Nintendo version, when he puts doom on you, it restarts the counter. Mm-hmm. After he hastes you, he does it again. Mm. So he, like, at least in one version of this game, and again, like, all of my playthroughs are, are, uh, kind of melding together, like he restarts his own counters a bunch. Yeah, I don't know if it's this one or another one. I always, I always beat him before he does that. Yeah, that could be the case too. He's not particularly tough, right? Um, the Lunasaur is—it's uh, these two Dracoliches, <laughs> one Lunasaur, um, who fight with this uh, this fire attack, and uh, you fight you fight them individually in order to get ribbons. Yes, um, ribbons are a, a helmet item that protects against status effects. Yep. Very good, very useful. Yep. However. Um, not so much anyway, I guess they're, they're very good to have in the, uh, in the final, in the challenge dungeon. Yeah. 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 Um, eventually you break into a new biome and this is one that's, you know, different than we've seen before. This is the lunar core, um, where you're walking around in these gigantic crystal tiles and you can kind of see, uh, very cool, the glowing core in the background. Um, and the random encounters here give way to, um, tougher, more boss-like enemies. Um, yeah. I, I was really spooked out by the death mask when I first played this. This thing's pretty creepy looking. That's <laughs> yeah. weird. It's, it's a gigantic face. A gigantic <laughs> evil face. A gigantic evil mechanical face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, pretty cool looking though. Yeah. Uh, he will, uh, use reflect on himself so you can't do any damage with, uh, spells. Yeah. Um, you're fighting dragons though and Bahamut's here as well. Um, just, you know, big attacks, lots of damage to everyone. Kind of a test for, you know, what you're going to deal with at the end here. Yeah. Uh, um, eventually these give, give way to like elemental, um, kind of projections of Zemus himself. Like Zemus's mm-hmm. breath is this really cool kind of non-combat encounter where he's just like scoping you out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, Zemus's malice is a little bit more aggressive. Yeah. Um, you fight, uh, Ogopogo, um, in order to get the, the Mazamune, which is a big water dragon. Um, eventually you get to the very core of the moon, uh, though, 
where we find Golbez and Fusuya uh, attacking ZMS. Yeah. And they de- deploy all their spells um, before finally casting Double Meteor. So they're both both casting Double Meteor. Yes. Big deal. Big, big deal. And yeah. holy shit, somebody ran off and beat the final boss for us. We're arriving. We're still arriving late, but like problem solved. Yeah, any any in, the only the character we might have any remaining interest in is dead. So let's <laughs> let's go home. Right. But unfortunately, he comes back as as Zemus or comes back as Zeromus, um, and is impervious to their damage. Right. Um, fights everybody, and we get our Care Bear stare moment. Um, <laughs> there's some really sloppy dialogue here, like when they're fighting him. Um, which I at the end of the last episode, I put a song from from my first band or my second band, mm-hmm. where uh, called should I should I say Zeromus, which was based on this because me and Derek used to always joke about how even as a kid like how kind of cheesy and dumb the dialogue is about this where it's like okay zemus or should i say zeromus <laughs> like it is it is a a very very silly thing of these people taking this kind of non-entity very seriously mm-hmm. you know that comes back like who the fuck's zeromus like why did this get to come back as a like a bigger tumor right you know it's 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 a i think it's pretty dumb the care bear stereothering is kind of cool and yeah. i liked it a lot like that affected me as a kid mm-hmm um, you know, because we go back to Earth and everyone's praying. Yeah, uh, for you. A little bit of the impact is drained from this by the fact that uh, you know you can just bring different people with you. Yeah, you know, like they like yeah. you know the the they are ambulatory. <laughs> like it's not like they are using their dying energy uh, to help you out. Yeah, yeah. In the original version, it was just kind of you know the last time we'd seen them, they were mm-hmm. either wounded or or stone or yeah. otherwise hurt. Yeah. You know. Um, um, in this yeah. version where you can switch them out, not yeah. as much. Tell out still still appears as a force ghost, though. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, he's perma dead. <laughs> um, and you fight uh, fights Aromas. Yeah. Um, you get the crystal at this point from their prayers, and you have to use that before anything can happen. Oh, uh, Golbez gives you the crystal. Oh, so yeah. He he can't use it because of uh, because of his darkness. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, because you are you're a pure boy. Mm-hmm. And the prayers revive re- revive everybody. Um, so you can be in a uh, good spot. Um, I like the sprite. I like both of Zeromus' sprites a lot, actually. The one where he's the gigantic beard monster. <laughs> um, <laughs> and also the, you know, the space tumor that he becomes. But you have to use the crystal to reveal his, you know, true and vulnerable form to make him, you know, kind of Tetsuo out, um, for the final fight with Zeromus, which is frustratingly simple. You know what he looks like? He looks like an R-type villain. Yeah. Like I'm pulling him up. Like he's even got like these glowing weak points. Mm-hmm. Like these uh, blueprints, it looks a lot like an R-type villain to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, the fight the fight's very simple. He's got a lot of attacks, um, but there's not. You know, at this point, you are like, man, just that that like they have so much control for that curve. Like, you're over leveled at this point. <laughs> like, how does that work? Yeah. Um, you know, so like he can do a couple things. He can do a lot of damage. Um, he will cast Flare as a counter from time to time. Um, he removes your buffs. So if you're casting Blur, uh, which we didn't really talk about, but Blur is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes physical attacks Woo-hoo. miss. Um, <laughs> or if you're casting Haste, things like that, he'll get rid of them. Um, he has some attack that brings you down to critical status as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember what that is. Um, and the, the background of this is very cool. Like um, <laughs> It's this like, you know, sweeping it's a, star. It's scene. an R-type, ba- R-type background. It is an R-type. <laughs> this is a huge, uh, RPG R-type. Like RPG type. <laughs> I'm <laughs> um, here, but he's he's not like you just kind of keep up the pressure, right? Like right. you're so well equipped, you have a lot of party members at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, if you went and swapped out Edge, like you are literally golden, right? You know, for this either for a healer or for Yang, mm-hmm. um, you are fine. Yeah. So as you defeat him, he says, "Hey, as long as there is hatred in the hearts of men, I will live on." 
which could either be a boast or be true. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, and then that's that's the end. We're in Epilogue Town. Mm-hmm. Here. So, um, yeah. It's time for everybody to go home. And, you know, Husea says, you know, it's time for us to go to sleep. Um, and Golbez, in order to atone for this, um, you know, like, you can't go back. Like, you're not going to, like, yeah. people are going to turn you down <laughs> for job after job. You don't just start a new life after, like, killing everybody in a war. Yeah, and then pans over to Kane. <laughs> and then, like, Kane, you know, has his, his new life and is widely respected and eventually given a cushy job. So, um, but yeah, he's going to stay on the moon and, like, you know, Cecil's just going to let him go. And everyone's like, no, he's your brother. And then he walks forward and tersely says, brother, uh, in, a, in an extremely, brother. yes, yeah, an extremely, uh, dare I say it, anime way, uh, that strikes me. Um, but he's, you know, he's acknowledging him and that's the, the closure for, for him forgiving uh, everybody uh, far too readily. Yeah. Um, as we're, we're leaving, we watch the, the prophecy complete. Yes. Um, now that we've defeated him. So the red moon departs. Um, the lunar whale returns to the ocean. Everything's being set back in its place. And we, we do our kind of check-in on everyone. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Porum and Palum are resuming their place as, you know, mages of honor. In Mesidia, you know, Palum is bragging um, to somebody who is going to be pretty important later on, at least in the after years. Not as important, but, like, we'll, we'll, we'll come in, yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, Porum comes and is like, hey, stop telling the story of the time you saved the world. We have studies to attend to. Right, right, right. Um, Edge is now the king, but he's still incorrigible. Yeah, Rydia decides to live out the rest, and this doesn't actually pay off. Rydia should be like long dead by the time the after year starts. <laughs> right? Um, they they just forget about that plot point, but she yeah. decides to go back and live. Oh my gosh, if she came back as a crone, that'd be really cool. Yeah, that would have been a cool place to to take it. Yeah. Um, they don't. Um, or she has like a weird daughter with you know mind flare or something <laughs> like that. Like I don't know, like some kind of way to do it, but they they don't. No. Um. Yang becomes the king, uh, but keeps training because, you know, he's a, he's a kung fu master. Mm-hmm. Um, Edward starts rebuilding uh, Damsian. Uh, king goes in exile to Mount Ordeals, uh, where he kind of stands on the edge, like, stoically. The wind is in hair because he's going to face his mirror version in order to uh, eliminate his darkness like Cecil did. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he doesn't feel like he can be in society because he still has that weakness, that darkness inside of him. Yes. Um, it was so badass to see Kane, uh, without his helmet, at least, you know, especially from, you know, even if it was from behind, uh, when I was yeah. young. Yeah. Yeah. Hair um, in the wind before I was inured to that as like a language for cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it, it's still cool. Like he is, he is the stoic. Like it's weird how little, uh, how little of this plot is with him being an actor. Right. You know, he's mind controlled for almost all of it. Like he mm-hmm. ends up being very cool, but he's not, uh, it's, you, know, you want to say he's like a Han Solo figure, but he's not. No, no. You know, he's, he's just a tool for the most part. Yeah. Um, I, I like that he gets his, uh, he gets his agency in, uh, in after years. Yeah. yeah. And at the very, yeah, at the very least he does that. Um, Cecil and Rosa get married and they rule as king and queen of Baron. Um, and then Cecil, uh, as he's kind of leaving, uh, as the moon leaves, he thinks he hears his brother's voice. Yeah. Calling out to him and telling him, stay, stay golden. <laughs> uh, and, have, have a great summer. Yeah, stay, um, pounce pony boy, stay phony Maroney. Um, and then, the, um, uh, the game ends with everyone kind of assembling for that, uh, that ceremony uh-huh. of them, uh, them getting married and then the, uh, the actual credits, the game ends. Yeah. But if you, if you are thirsty for more Final Fantasy four, you, yeah. Yeah, ain't seen nothing yet because yeah. we got the lunar ruins. You can go into the weird Easter egg face on on the moon. Yeah, <laughs> so and uh, and upgrade some characters to no end. 
Right. Uh, yeah. To no, literally no purpose. Like Up- upgrade some characters for the boss at the very end of this very dungeon. Yes. Uh, so the frustrating thing is you cannot complete any individual person's trial if they have not beaten Zeromus himself. So that means you are beating Zeromus at least two more times um, as you take a rotating cast of uh, characters back through that fight. That sucks. It does. That sucks so bad. It, it's like um, it's I liked the 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 cave, uh-huh. the, the Ron Gilbert game, and like it's got some shades of that where it's like seven characters, <laughs> to, and you can have a party of three. To so. In order to get the complete story, you're definitely bringing in two characters that have already done mm-hmm. the story um, and doing their parts just kind of again. Yeah. You know? Not crazy um, about it. Yeah, it's just math. Like, it just seems like, and though, I mean, this, is, this isn't just math, but you do end up, like, the parties don't even out no. like that either. Like, you're going to bring people back. Yeah. You'll do the and, same thing. I mean, and the way that it shakes out, you're going to have to do it more time than, than is necessary because you're going to have to carry around Edward as a, as a load. You know, yeah, like it's just it's not it's not great. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't I don't feel like this is this is handled particularly well, even if the content of some of these are kind of interesting. Yeah. Or really just one of them. Like there's one <laughs> of these I like and the rest of them I don't particularly care for. Like I yeah. kind of poked my head in in some of this. Um, but for the most part, I just read them and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And the yeah. rest of them is just some more Final Fantasy ass dungeons. Yeah, I was I was all about this um, when that when that GBA version came out, like. I've done I've done all of this multiple times now. Yeah. So um yeah, so the bo- like the bulk of this dungeon is like lunar caves until it eventually gives way to this rhythm of like trial and then randomly chosen um kind of flashback floor. Um uh, where like you're wandering through Chocobo dungeons or here's like a little bit of town, here's like this uh like observation or memory trial. It's very, very strange. But the but the body of this is doing the trials that are geared for um you know the characters that you might have brought in your party, um and uh, at the end fighting a lunar version of the Idolins. Yes. Yeah. Um. In order to get an ultimate weapon. Yes. Uh, um, or an accessory that will transform one of their one of their special moves into a more effective version of it. Which I think is very cool. I just wish it, it that should, those should have been side quests earlier. Yeah, I wish I could have uh, used this in the main body of the game. Yeah, like it's a cool idea to have these kind of like individualized trials. Um, I wish that they they had kind of more like they were in the world. It wasn't this like whatever this is like this is some kind of dream sequence mm-hmm. or something like that that's happening here. Like it's it's some yeah. kind of uh, you know mindscape. Yeah, you know. Um, but I wish I wish this had been real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and happened earlier. And I think it would have been cool because it does make a difference. Like you do get things like, so like Yang, uh, can get like a thing that changes his double attack damage to triple attack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can get, uh, uh, you know, there's a thing that Rydia gets that like when you summon the mist dragon, it will not just damage enemies, but it'll also cast blink on your whole party, mm-hmm. which is huge. Yes. Um, you know, things that would be useful and that have really cool flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are there any of these in particular that you want to talk about? Cause I don't want to go through all of them. <laughs> The only one I think is cool is the Sid one because yeah, it's, is, it's, it cashes in on your knowledge of like kind of the world map yeah, in an the, interesting way. The Sid one is a, like, I also love how like little pop and circumstance it is. Like he steps through the door and he's just on a, he's, he's on an airship with somebody saying, Hey, take me to this place. And it's yeah, crazy. Taxi. Hell's driver. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's crazy taxi. Like it's, it's get me to KFC. And if you can do it in 30 seconds, um, <laughs> you know, um, I think this is the only one that's like, particularly creative. I can see what some of the other ones are going for. Yeah. Like I wish that Kane's trial was not just a series of flags that you had to hit. 
Yeah. Like, you know, the fact that you are trying to solve, um, a, a mystery is, is, is kind of neat, but like this, this trick is used to better effect in the after years. And the, the mystery is, is very like, wrote like mystery is, is generous yeah. yeah mystery is a very generous way to put it that's a good that's a good way uh to kind of say it um the poor and pollen one is kind of neat because it does a little bit of that final fantasy six like splitting the party mm-hmm. um, one person has to hit a switch while the other person goes through yeah uh things like that but for the most part i think these are these are kind of lame yeah um you know so yeah it's uh to me to me it is hard to uh hard to justify like or hard to recommend, I guess. Yeah, some of the uh, boss fights are pretty interesting. Like they're they're difficult fights that you have yeah. to do. Uh, the shitty part is, you know, I don't think you can save in the middle of a trial. So mm-hmm. if you die, you end up having to go through it again, uh, which is unforgivable. Yeah. yeah, after having gone through and just like done so much of the the kind of content again, you know, going through Bahamut again and stuff. Like this this is content that I feel like is made for reading about. Yeah, you know. Um, but eventually the, to the end is you, and I don't think you're really meant to do it with everybody. I think you're meant to put together a party for this optional challenge boss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's, if you're a completionist, you're going to do it for everybody, but you can also just try to get ultimate abilities for the party you like. Right. And then you're, you know, you're doing it five times. And if you brought the party you like into the final boss, you're not fighting the final, you're not fighting Zeromus again. Right. Right. Um, so you end up going to this, this kind of final trial at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, the hardest enemy in the game, uh, the Brachio Rhydos, again, uh, repeating that like that is a recurring element uh it's a random encounter in one of the final rooms um mm. as a as a bonus boss uh uses really strong elemental attacks uh quakes all the time and has an ongoing bahamut countdown yeah yeah super nasty like i just read about this i didn't i didn't fight it but yeah sounds super nasty um this is all towards to get to uh zeromus eg <laughs> uh aka eg zeromus yes uh, this is a new version of Zeromus. This is where he went after you defeated the first one um, mm-hmm. and kind of reassembled himself into the sprite from the um, Final Fantasy IV Easy Type uh, version that was released in Japan. Yeah. It was more like, a, like this amalgamation of several different monsters. Yeah. And uh, he's a, he, he has a more aggressive version of, uh, of that. He does his attacks more often. Um, Black Hole and, and Big Bang. Um, he also does kind of like super strong elemental attacks. Um, he puts Reflect on himself. Uh, he eliminates your your status buffs more frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and eventually will start curing himself by draining your party. Yeah. So, like when you get him down to that point, it's a mat- like it's kind of a race almost yes. to, uh, to you know to, to counter his healing, but also kill him before he kills you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but eventually, you know, you keep up. You have your your party with your ultimate weapons here. You've incidentally or purposely grind, grinded a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so you eventually can take him down. Yeah. Um, we neglected to mention, we have to talk about pink tail. Yeah. Um, cause that, that's in there. I, I, I can, I can feel you edging away from it because it's a bummer and I'm not trying to like pile on bummers. <laughs> no, no, that's pink fine. Tail is bad. I, like, I, it, like, I, I, I couldn't find a good place to put that because I didn't want to yeah. kill the momentum and the, uh, and the thing itself. No, pink tail is very bad. Um, yeah, and you, nobody you want sh- a final fantasy for us. Yeah. Nobody, nobody should do it. <laughs> nobody, no, nobody should get the pink tail. Like that is, I think that is meant to be something that, like, if you are in that very tiny room and lightning strikes, then you're going to get the best piece of armor in the game. Uh, however, like, why do you need that? You're already very powerful. Yeah. This, you know, even if it's even in its hardest versions, this is not a hard game. It's like, it's very hard to do. Uh, I, you can always see what they're going for with this kind of thing. It's very difficult for game designers to make a thing that's just supposed to happen very rarely. So only a couple of people get a, a, a special experience. Mm-hmm. 
because of completionism. Right. Like they're just there's going to be a certain kind of like game player who just can't handle not 100%ing something. Yeah. Like I have to have everything that's possible in this game or something happens, you know, yeah. like or or you know, I just I I can't go to sleep that night. <laughs> so there are people who are going to grind for this and it's uh, you know, an enemy that has a 1 in 64 chance of showing up that has a 1 in 64 chance of dropping. Mm-hmm. Uh this thing. So um, I've seen the enemy before when I was young and like, okay, I'm going to try to get this and fucked around a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but they never dropped it. Right. Um, I didn't win that second incredibly unlikely dice roll. <laughs> right. It's also, you know, a tricky fight as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was about to say something very dramatic. I was about to say I weep for the time that has been wasted going after this. Um, <laughs> okay. I don't, I, I don't weep. I don't, I don't yeah. like it's, it, it sucks. I, 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 you know, it, it feels like this weird cousin to like, if there is a degenerate strategy that is possible there, you know, there are just people who are going to do it, even if it's not fun. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And, and just in the sake of like, kind of like in pursuit of ambient power, regardless of whether you need it. Right. You know, you run into like, there are people who like play these games and level up their main character like 10 or 20 times before leaving the first dungeon, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Like, and I don't, I've never got that. I've never understood like it, you know, that thing. And it's like, if you're enjoying it, you're enjoying it, right? Like, it's not for us to say that's it, not fun. Like what's fun for you? Like it can be fun for you to kind of grind for the pink tail. But to me, the most useful thing this does is give us vocabulary. Uh-huh. So now we can say like, oh, it's like a pink tail. Right. And know exactly what, what we mean. <laughs> like we can economically describe a misguided, uh, very, very unlikely kind of rare occurrence. Uh, that you can pursue but shouldn't. Right. You know? So, um, would have been an amazing thing just to find. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it's just like, if you're the first person who gets it, like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, and then once it, that, that information's codified, like, it sucks for everyone else. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's out there. It's on that Geosudies page. Yeah. That led me to waste a couple of days during a summer when I was young. And I want those days back. <laughs> yeah. Like, those are, those are valuable days, too, man. Yeah. You're young. Like, you could have, like, learned a skill, like, quickly. You probably could have learned a language. <laughs> With that kind of plasticity in your brain. Yep. Um, so you have, instead of, instead of French, you have, uh, the, the, those two days, you have a, a, a failure at getting a pink tail. Yep. Thanks, Final Fantasy IV. Mm, I um, weep. I weep. Yep. And that ends up being, uh, Final Fantasy IV, or is it? Because, uh, 14, 24 years later, or whatever, 2008, um, um the, uh, uh, people came along and made a sequel to it, mm-hmm. which we're also going to talk about. Yes, we are. Um, we should uh, talk about Final Fantasy IV itself. Um, yes, yeah, I don't, I don't want to uh, to move on uh, from that because I, I will be the first person to admit that like some of my increased frustration with this playthrough of this is filtered through going through both of them back to back and just doing like you know. So this on its own, yes, the encounter rate which we talked about is like atrocious, but like you know, double it, and that's what what I'm looking back on when I think of this kind of amorphous experience. Yeah. You know. On its own, it is. Uh, this is still very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you, you kind of talk about it. Yeah. So I mean, like I kind of alluded to it before, but this this has remained comfort food for me, you know. And who knows if that's a critical failing or what have you. Um, yes, the you know, they're just time has not been kind to this. The weaknesses are laid bare. What I'm something that's kind of kind of came out in playing this is like. I wish that there was kind of a redesigned version or an EX version that when they updated it, it was a mode to like even some of this out. Because I think mm. that as it stands right now, it is a breezy and very strong game, uh, narratively, except for those times when it falls down. And that's kind of in the last quarter of the game. 
Um, I wish that it made it a little bit easier to kind of like get at that good, good meat in a more modern kind of way built with these conveniences. You know, yes, I'm asking for them to do more work than just updating this to a, you know, a, a, new, a new format. Um, but I don't know, maybe do that instead of the visual upgrade. I, I have, I have, I have no upgrade. idea. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. why, you know, I mean, more, more, yeah. pe- more pixels equals better than, um, yeah. it doesn't have to be done in such a way that, you know, erases the original, you know, the, the, the original experience. Um, but yeah, I think that I'm ready, you know, whatever the next JRPG is that we do needs to have a little bit more English on it than, than, than this. This still is in my pantheon of like, you know, it's a very important game to me. Um, and I don't think that going back and seeing that it hasn't aged well will take away how how foundational this was and just kind of the overall arc of me learning to appreciate story-driven games and, you know, games that do include these, you know, numerical management kind of elements to them. Um, you know, that was very, um, you know, it was an early discovery for me um, and really impacted me. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I'm happy we, we revisited it. I'm just ready for something a little bit more involved next time. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely like shaped a lot of younger me for sure. Right. Like, um, and, and it probably says something complex, complicated mm-hmm. about our life arcs that I am less connected to my younger self. And you could armchair psychology me and, and come up with a lot of reasons for that. Mm-hmm. It's not a qualitative thing. I'm not saying like I'm a cool independent maverick. I'm saying like <laughs> I have very few happy memories in a childhood and very few like connections to it now. Uh-huh. You know, like I'm literally reminded of that time less because I don't have anything to go back to. Right, right. Um, you know, so there's probably like psychology behind the fact that I don't have these kind of rose colored glasses for these things that like are just as formative to me. Mm-hmm. You know, this was the first Super Nintendo RPG I played. This is the reason why. Um, I, you know, played Final Fantasy VI and Mystic Quest and Chrono Trigger and yeah, Paladin's yeah. Quest and Breath of Fire and <laughs> any of those things. Like I sought them out, and it didn't matter how good they were; they just were, uh-huh. and that was all that mattered. Yeah. You know, um, so this is this is the the reason why uh, I think that happened uh, to me. It's just it's very hard for me to not think about an experience. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm always always going to think of the experience and like. As an experience, it feels like these updates are a real missed opportunity. You know, there's there's more kind of fat on this. These updates. Yeah, these these remakes, Uh uh, rather. Um, There's like there's more fat on this than I remember. Mm -hmm. Um, I want that version that you want that like has the modern kind of conveniences and is just feels kind of. uh, I know I use this word a lot when we're talking about games. It feels a little less insecure about like length. Uh-huh. You know, even the the additional content that's added, even the challenge dungeons feels like some of that stuff I don't think is very good content. Mm-hmm. And it feels like just kind of add, like it feels like padding. Yeah. You know, and I'd much rather like this be released for $10 less and just be the like the 15 hour version of this that is done and done mm-hmm. that it always could have been. Yeah. You know, um, I, I hate to be this is why we can't have nice things guy. But like, you know, even today, there would be people who would decry that lack of length. For sure, you know, and they're I, I just—I just don't. The, the that, people I, that these kind of games are designed for um, are also the most vocal about them. You know, about wanting to harken back to an age when these games were eighty hours long. I, 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 it is uh, something I don't get. Yep. You know, it, it is a mindset that feels uh, absolutely alien to me. Yeah. Because it's like it's not. You know, I get like wanting to sit down and kind of like play like a longer game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, just the ways this uh, is longer, I don't think are successful. Like, right. even if I want a longer game like that. Um, so we did, um, you know, like six is, very, is is 
has the stand-up and holiness uh, that this has for me, for you. Uh-huh. But even if we look back to seven, um, which we did, uh, that is a long game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's longer than this and feels less repetitive. Yep. Like, you don't literally redo dungeons in that game. <laughs> you know, you don't... Um, it doesn't end with just a bunch of, like, what if we remix some a- assets and had you kind of do this post-game content. Like, mm-hmm. it is... It manages to achieve that length without, uh, you know, sucking mm-hmm. at, in its attempts to do so. Yeah. Now, this game sucks, but I feel like it... I can't think of a time that it, it does... A, like a real meaningful repetition of a gameplay concern. Right. There are narrative repetitions that are good. Mm-hmm. Every time you go back and do something again that you've already done, either fight a boss or go through a dungeon you've already done or go through a barely changed kind of palette swap thing, like, I just don't think it's very successful in that. Yeah. So it, it's a, it's the kind of game that I do think is, like, good and, like, is recommendable. Like, if you're a fan of this, if you somehow, you know, didn't play Final Fantasy IV, mm-hmm. um, you know, you played the Chrono Trigger and, and Earthbound Final Fantasy VI, like, you'll you'll find things to like yeah. about it for sure. But it is, uh, it's just kind of hard to, to reconcile that. It's a fossil. It's a, it's a real fossil. It is a lot of ways, like, the Ur 16-bit RPG with, like, very few kind of bells and whistles and niceties, mm-hmm. you know? Um, that is, again, and we can't really, like, it's hard to overstate this, is like, elevated by aesthetics. Yes. So, like, when you look at how, like, good this looked when it came out and how good it remains uh, looking and how it sounds mm-hmm. and things, um, you know, and it's it's not unmemorable. No. You know, like, even these things that are kind of dumb and overdramatic, like, it's not like I'm going to forget about Sid suicide bombing himself out of the top of Volcano. <laughs> right. Even though, like, I think that's stupid, right. I'm never going to forget it. You know, it it just uh, it just is like it is a cool moment, is a cinematic cool moment that's gonna stick with me. Mm-hmm. It's just like I don't know, it's just all of the uh, the kind of corrupt encounters that you do, and and I'll also say, and this is flash forwarding to next you know next week too, but um, I didn't do myself any favors in my estimation of the after years by playing it directly after this. Mm-hmm. If after we do these, if you feel like you want to play them, for God's sakes, don't play them back to back. Yeah, put something like, in between. Spread that stuff out because like. You know, to your point, like, the next RPG we need to do has some English on it. Like, I want to, like, we've got an RPG on the dockets that has some English on it, which I'm I'm fine doing. And after that, I want a long break from this genre. Yeah. I, I cannot do random turn-based battles uh, like this again for a little while. Because this uh, these two things back-to-back burn me out pretty good. Yeah. Um, and it's going to it's gonna make me a worse critic. Like, I'm going to be too cranky about how samey this shit gets to be good. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we, we like doubled our JRPG or like tripled our JRPG content, it feels like for this year, between doing this with the after years and then also doing, um, Crimson Shroud, you know, which is like, like all three of games I think are either like or I think are interesting, but mm-hmm. it's just a lot of that mechanic. Yeah. You know, um, gotta give that a rest. Yep. Um, yeah. So I hope that, you know, that bums me. Like people like these episodes. They tend to be popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that. And I think these are interesting games to talk about. It's just sitting down to play them. I just don't. They leave me wanting a lot of the time. Yeah. So I can understand that. You know, mechanics yeah. are important. Like, you know, yeah. so I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. It's um, yeah. So it is. I'm glad to, I'm glad to revisit it. But I feel like and I'm I know this is not true for you. But for me, this is closing the door on Final Fantasy for like, I like this game a lot. I'm still going to look back at it nostalgically. I'm playing mm-hmm. um, Theater Riv- Rhythm. Um, it is a super fun set of levels to do that because I love the music of this so much. Oh, yeah. I'm always going to have affection for these characters. Like, they put out a, a stuff like Cecil Doll. Like, I might buy it. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm never going to play Final Fantasy IV again. Yeah. Like, I think, I've, I think I've gotten everything out of it I can. Yeah. I won't say never. It's going to be a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. 
very yeah, long so time indeed. <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully people like these episodes. And as we mentioned, we're not done. Right. Um, so we're going to go through uh, next episode. We're going to be talking about the after years. Um, that is going to have a generality section for that as well. That mm-hmm. is not going to be, um, I feel like, is not going to be maybe as short as people expect because it shares a lot of mechanics, but it's trying to do a thing that I want to talk about in general terms before we get to specifics. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like, uh, and so that's going to be interesting. And I think that like a lot of people um, who like Final Fantasy IV have not played that at all. Like, right, right. This is, I think, the biggest service we've done, perhaps <laughs> bigger than Neverwinter Nights 2. Yep. Where like, we are playing it so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like this is, we're going to, I was uh, talking about it um, when I was down in San Francisco uh-huh. and the crazy shit that this does at the end, no one knows about. Right. Like, because, but I mean, I don't, I don't think that's their fault. Right. Like, no, it's, no, it's not. Why would you, it's, why would it's you really get to that? Not. But like, like I'm, I'm super happy to like go through and share it, you know, yeah, like it's, it's going to be interesting to talk about. I'm, I'm a mixed and I say mixed in literal terms. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that as couching. I, I, I hate it. And I don't want to say I hate it. Uh-huh. I can see arguments for it. I think it's interesting. I don't know if I think it's totally successful. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting though. It, it, interesting, but worth it? Question mark. Dot, yeah. Dot, dot. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting, but worth it. And interesting, like worth it in, in a grand scale. Like, is this narratively a good idea? Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of how it's executed on, it is an interesting idea though. Mm-hmm. And fundamentally like kind of important in a weird like if you care about this series right <laughs> if it's actually canon but yeah. it's kind of been swept under the rug and no one thinks about it so it's it, kind of not yeah yeah so uh, yeah it's um it's definitely a light under the biggest blindest bushel um in a lot of ways yeah it's gonna be interesting to talk about so like yeah. i'm looking forward to getting to the end of, the, of, the, of that episode for sure yeah and there there it's not like there are no pleasures to be found along the way it's just right. you know going through that fucking uh, cave between uh, a Kaipo and Damasian mm-hmm. four times. Yeah, yeah. That's a Anywho. it's a it's a poor, poor decision that was that was definitely aided by the fact that those when I when I when I played them, uh, those took place months apart from each other. Yeah, and that's uh, the way to do it. Like, and to be fair, like me playing it again, mainly mainlining it right after Final Fantasy IV was a mistake. Um, it's not you know, I don't. I'm not going to beat myself up too much about it because no, that's kind of no. how I play these games in order for the <laughs> right, show. Right. Um, you know, we didn't, we weren't planning to do this back in December when, when I could have like, you know, yeah, when you could have these the out distance. better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's not the best way to do it. Yeah. So we're going to have two episodes about, um, about the after years. Um, and then, mm-hmm. uh, the final episode of August is going to be our listener responses. We've already got plenty of those. Uh, but please write in. Uh, if you're listening to this on the early release feed, you have a lot of time. Uh, if you're listening on the regular feed, you have a handful of days. The deadline yep. for responses in general is going to be the 15th of every month. So yes. go to duckfeed.tv slash contact and write in. Um, and, uh, you know, it's likely your response will be featured. Uh, the usual roles do still apply. You know, keep it brief, keep it novel, um, keep it um, readable, considerable. Not novel like Right. Yes. Yeah. Novel in content, not <laughs> novel in in format <laughs> right um and uh, uh you know consider going back through and maybe reading it aloud um in order to make sure it will flow yes because we're going to read it out loud yeah um if you uh we're doing this weekly so this is the, the second episode to come out on our weekly schedule that is possible because of patreon um we are uh restructuring our entire network and uh we could not put this much time into it in, unless we were making a large portion of our livings off of it mm-hmm which we're lucky enough to do. And the reason why we're lucky enough to do that is because of uh, our backers. Yeah. Um, so people who back us now, thank you very much. Hopefully you're enjoying um, the kind of features and benefits. If you don't uh, back us, please consider it. Yeah. Um, you know, if everyone listens, gave it, gave us a dollar a month, we would be in gravy town, uh, USA population us. <laughs> and uh, that would be great. I love gravy. Um, 
You know, I would love to deploy into some gravy. <laughs> Please, <laughs> oh, jeez. Somebody deploy us into gravy. <laughs> um, you know, so... Uh, please, please consider it. You get cool stuff, and we are close to uh, the goal for our next show, mm-hmm. um, Heartbeat City, which we are recording the pilot of today. Yep. Um, you'll be able to hear that pilot if you uh, when that comes out, uh, which will be soon. Uh-huh. Um, before this, probably. Uh, and then, um, yeah, and yeah, you also get rewards and stuff, so please check it out. Patreon.com slash TV. And thank you so much to everybody who's done that so far. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. I think that's... I don't want to, like, deluge everybody with admin stuff. Um, the winner of our... Um, September poll. Um, hmm. So, do I mean, when we're ready yeah. to announce what's going to go on then. So, September is Bat Month. Um, yes. And we're going to be opening with an episode about the uh, the NES Batman game, uh, the mm-hmm. one by Sunsoft. And the, 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 the winner of our contest is Batman Arkham Asylum. So, we're going yes. to have two episodes about that. Yep. I have uh, I beat Batman yesterday. It is the hardest game we've done for the show. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I, I gave myself uh, checkpoints at mid levels, and it was still uh, it's a short game that takes a long time to play. Yeah, because it's very hard. It's very it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is hard. <laughs> um, and then I started playing Asylum, and I still think people who think Asylum is better than City are crazy. Yeah, but I'm still looking forward to talking about it because yep. it's a good game. Yeah, and it makes sense to start at the beginning too. I I, yeah. I thought there were no there were no losers in that batch that we put up. No, um, I, all of them have an interesting angle to approach from. And this doesn't mean we won't do Arkham City at some point. Yeah. Because we still haven't done an open world game. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Arkham Asylum is certainly not that. No. no. Um, so we uh, eventually we'll get to an open world game. But um, yeah. So uh, looking forward to Bat Month. And then after that, we have uh, something fun planned for October that we'll announce probably next episode. Yeah. Or sometime around then. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So uh, until next time, what should they watch out for, Cole? Um, they should watch out for the hatred in the hearts of men because it will turn you into a space tumor. I can't argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> Umbasa. Umbasa. Umbasa.